You, you want to see something really scary? What's the boogeyman? As a matter of fact, it was. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. Welcome to the Grave Plot Podcast. Welcome, everyone, to episode 202 of the Grave Plot Podcast. I'm Skeletoni. I'm Taylor of Terror. And, uh, boy, do we have an exciting show for you today. Do we? No. <laughs> you don't know? <laughs> we haven't done it yet. That's just what we tell people to to get them, you know, hooked. It could be good. It's, it's, it's poor advertising is what it is. Um, anyway, hi, Taylor. Hi, Tony. How's it going? Good. Good, good. I'm in chill mode today. If you're watching live on Discord, you can see me just chilling. Yes, you are chilling. I'm chillzilla. It's very hard to get you in the camera while you're chilling so much. That's right. I'm doing lean out of the frame. Also, the camera's super crooked. <laughs> it is very crooked. I can tell just by looking at it. Yeah, it, like, you know, from where I'm sitting, it doesn't look that crooked, but looking at it on screen, it definitely is. But fuck it. Tony just did that so he looks taller than me. I think I'm also sitting higher. Well, yeah, I'm chill. I'm chillzilla over chill. here. <laughs> Taylor's in chill mode. He said. He said it earlier. Podcast and chill. Um, how's it going? What's new? Uh, literally nothing. Cool. Yeah, I mean it's only been two weeks. Right. We're like back on schedule and everything. Now we don't have anything interesting to talk about. No. We should take another two months off so we can. Have something to talk about. Man, this is just... It sounds really quiet in my ears for some reason. Maybe it's your headphones. Maybe. Anyway. Uh, cool. Well, um, you had a birthday. I did. How'd that go? Good. Just hung out. You were yourself. there, yeah. Well, did you do anything on your actual birthday? I got a burrito. Yeah, that's exciting. <laughs> And how was that burrito? It was good. Yeah. It was a chorizo verde burrito. That's uh, chorizo green. Green, yep. green chorizo. That's right. For you guys. <clears throat> cool. Yeah, we hung out uh, the day before. That's right. That was cool, except we kept hitting roadblocks with the fucking video games. Yeah. Uh, you know, well, I think we're getting into this later. We can get into it now. Okay, we'll get into it now. Uh, you know, there was a day, not long ago, not long ago, where you could sit down on the couch with your buddy and just have a, a nice little goof off with a video game. Uh, no more. <laughs> we used to do it all the time. Yeah. Like, we would get just hammered and play Left 4 Dead. Yeah. That was like, that was like a good time. Right. Yeah. Tony and I used to live together and we would play video games all the time. Yeah. Like, we play rock band until the people downstairs would bang on the ceiling. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, they did not like that drum set. No, they did not. <laughs> but yeah, we fucking hang out and uh like I said, we'd just have some drinks and play video games until like two in the morning. Yeah, and just scream. Yeah. Just go, ah mustachio. Right. Ha-ha. Yeah, the best part of Left 4 Dead 2 is a little side like uh, it's like a, an extra thing where in the the carnival level or stage or whatever (laughs) there's a little lawn gnome that's hidden his name is gnome chomsky yeah and uh you have to in to in order to get this little extra goal completed you have to carry him through this the stage completely unarmed well you have Noam Chomsky. You can swing him. Yeah, you can use Noam as Noam as a uh, as a as a weapon. You can swing him, and I think you can throw him too. Probably. Then you got to go pick him up again. Right. Um, but yeah, that was always real you fun. Have to get him all the way to the helicopter. Yeah. Get him on the helicopter. Exactly. And that was just like when we, like I said, when we had you know had several drinks. That was just the funniest fucking thing. <laughs> That was our sole goal for the night, was just to get Chomsky on that goddamn helicopter. Yeah. I feel like I was the one usually carrying him because you were better at shooting than I was. <laughs> like, I'm good at, like, melee weapons, and Taylor's better with the guns. So I'd always carry Noam Chomsky and whack people, and whack, whack zombies, just whack them off <laughs> with, with Noam Chomsky, and Taylor would watch my back with I'd, the guns. Yeah, I'd try and clear a path as much as possible. Anyway, but so we both got the new game from the Left 4 Dead developers called Back for Blood. Uh, stylistically and structure-wise, it's basically the same game, mm-hmm. which is awesome. But it has no couch co-op feature. Yeah, like I bought Tony's PS4 from him and like one of the main reasons was so that he could come over on my birthday and we could play Back for Blood. Right. And that is not an option. No. The only way you can play co-op is online. And only if you pay extra money. Yeah, you have to get the, you know, whatever system or whatever system you're on, you have to pay for the the uh the online feature whether it's PlayStation Network or Xbox Gold. Gold or is it still Gold? I thought it was Xbox Live. Oh, I don't know. Doesn't matter. I think I don't know how it works with PCs though. I think on PCs you maybe don't have to pay anything. That would make sense. Yeah. Regardless, it's just irritating. That would explain why, like, on Stadia, you don't have to pay anything because Stadia is mostly PC ports. Mm, yep, yeah, that, that makes sense. Is it on there? No. Oh, of course not. Anyway, but yeah, we're just discovering that like all these co-op games that you know, would be fun to play, like, while you're hanging out, having some drinks, you just can't do it anymore. Yeah, it's not just Back for Blood. Like, the majority of games, ones that you think would be, like, pretty much unless both your characters are on the screen at the same time, like, split screen seems to be a thing of the past. Yeah. Which seems so weird because you've got people who have large TV, large widescreen TVs, which seems ideal for split screen. Yeah. But but I guess it's more resource intensive or something. I don't know. I'm not a uh, 
not a game developer, so I don't know. We have some of the most powerful gaming engines in history right now. Like, the PlayStation 5 is insane. Like, that is probably going to be, like... I mean, there are people say who like, oh, you know, go Xbox or you know, whatever. As far as like gaming consoles go, I think PC or uh, PS Five is going to be like the, the 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 top rung for quite a while. Um, man, yeah, I mean, there's always like PCs, but you know, those are changing every year, so yeah. it's it's just a money pit. You know, there are PC gamers who are just like these elitists like oh you're not even gaming if you're not using PC it's like yeah well I'm also not spending a fucking fortune on my fucking gaming system right every single year you know but and it's like the games cost the same amount too yeah that's the thing that really gets me is like you still have to pay $60 for a game and, and then $10 a month to play it online I don't play video games enough period let alone online with other people. Like, I don't like other people. I don't want to play <laughs> video games with strangers. Yeah. The only people I would want to play online with would be, like, you and Max. Right. And that's probably about it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't play a lot of online games. Like, I I, I play video games, not as much as I used to, because I've got the kid now. Um, but I do play video games. I enjoy them. Um, but... The games I play most often uh, either don't lend themselves to online play, or you know they're exclusively like single player games. Mm-hmm. And I just I've, I've never really had a lot of interest in in online co ops, and it's probably a lot less of a pain in the ass now than it used to be because um, internet speeds are you know more comparable than they were back in the day. You know you had back you know you used to have people that had dial-up and then you had people that had dsl right and you know it would just it would not work out i remember the first time i tried to play online was on playstation 2 you had to buy this little extra add-on piece that was basically the um the it was is it like a nick card which was how you access the internet back before uh, computers had like onboard wi-fi <laughs> and you wanted to connect you know hardwire into the internet you had to have a NIC card. <laughs> um, and that's basically what this thing was. You attach it on the back, and uh, you got network access. And um, we had, like, the lowest tier um, cable internet at the time, I mean, which, you know, lowest tier now is not still not too bad, but back then it was, like, it was basically one step above dial-up. <laughs> Um, and, you know, trying to play with other people online, I, the first game I tried to play online was either SmackDown or one of the Tony Hawk games. SmackDown versus Raw? Uh, it it may have been SmackDown versus Raw, I'm not sure. Or, I'm not sure if it was SmackDown versus Raw or if it was, like, one of the earlier just SmackDown games Mm. before the brands split. Um, anyway... And you played with some like Just Korean randos, some and... Korean twelve-year-old who calls right. you homophobic slurs, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, I um, yesterday was, was it yesterday we tried to play Back for Blood, mm-hmm. and like you found out you had to have a PlayStation Network and you're cheap ass, so you didn't get one. <laughs> yeah, like I said, I don't play video games enough to justify that. Um, but uh, 
I, I hopped on and I just jumped into a random game because, you know, I the, my experience playing this game was, you know, the single games that we played, you know, the other night. Um, and I hopped on and there was this team of just random people. And there was this one guy who clearly didn't know what he was doing. And he was like just pissing off. It was a four person team. So it was me. Um, two people and this other guy who was just fucking up. Like he was screwing us all up. And uh, yeah, he was really pissing those guys off. I just sat there with my mic off because I didn't really want to chatter th- while I was trying to play. Um, but yeah, it was it was kind of funny. And it's, it's like, it's funny that things haven't really changed. It's people still just talk shit. Yeah. Yeah, we ended up playing The Quarry. Which right. it it said had a local co op, but it's you just pass the controller back and forth, which is so confusing because, like, it goes on for so long. Yeah, like a scene would end, and so we were like, "Oh, I guess it's your turn now," but it wasn't. Right. Uh, did you did you play any more of that? I haven't yet. No. no, I don't really know what to make of it. It's really slow to start. It is very slow to start. Yeah, I'm waiting to get into it more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, I wanted to play it. I'm debating on whether or not I should just get it for myself. But anyway. I got it because it was on sale. Yeah, yeah. Would you, it was 40 bucks? Yeah. Which. And I got money for my birthday, so I was like, okay, this is. Thanks, Dad. Sure. Yeah, I don't know. I'm always really hesitant to buy games just because they're so expensive. And Yeah. It's like, am I going to play this enough to really warrant the money I'm going to spend on exactly. it? Exactly. Um. And again, like back before we had the kid, it's like, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll play this at least for a month or two. I'll play it plenty. But now it's like, I still have the Assassin's Creed game, Valhalla. I am nowhere near completing that <laughs> just because I had to, like, for almost an entire year, I just completely stopped playing it. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Uh, back for Blood. I got that for Christmas. I just opened it a few days ago. Really? Yeah. Anyway, uh, so episode two hundred two, two hundred two. Yeah, we got uh, two streaming exclusives here. That's right. We went cheap this episode. Yeah, <laughs> and I mean, I know last episode I said that uh, I didn't. We I didn't have a movie picked out, and um, the reason that the reason I have one now is because when I put prey on our schedule for some they must have moved up the release date because i had it on our schedule like later in the month right it was yeah it was like september was it was that far i think so um but yeah it just released here what last thursday something like that yeah so yeah that that dropped on hulu and then we've also got the peacock exclusive right i think so yeah yeah they them they slash them you have to say the slash. Oh. Because it's a slasher. Get it? Mm-hmm. It's a pun. It's not not a good one. <laughs> because nobody's gonna say that. Like you don't when you when you say like most times when you say something with a slash, you don't say the slash. Right. Like when you say and or. You don't say and slash or. Yeah. Anyway. You don't have a movie for next episode though. Fucking goddamn it. <laughs> Fuck my life. You are just fucking up. What else is new? Am I right? 
Well, I'm sure that I'll figure something out <laughs> before next episode. Luckily, I'll, I know we usually do this at the end of the show, but I'll go ahead and spoil it now. My pick is Glorious. Have you seen this shit? Mm, I don't think so. It has J.K. Simmons as a talking glory hole. Is he just in that fuck it stage? <laughs> I guess. Is, it, is he in his Nick Cage stage? <laughs> oh, speaking of which, we finally saw The Unbearable Weight of Mass Talent. That's right. That's the other thing we did on my birthday. Primo film. It's very so good. good. It was better than I expected. Yeah. Like, it's not as goofy as I expected. I thought it was just going to be like over the top Nick Cage wackiness. Exactly. Yeah. And it was just, it was, it was a legit movie. Yeah. Aside I mean, from him talking to his younger self. Right. That was weird. <laughs> you are Nick motherfucker. Okay, and then he he has a moment with his younger self, <laughs> very tender moment. They, they share a moment. <laughs> yeah, guys, if you haven't seen that, it, it's worth your. Would you pay five bucks? I, uh, I yeah, I think it was four ninety nine. Yeah, okay, yeah. All your streaming services have it. Check it out. Uh, it has the Mandalorian in it. If you didn't know, that's right. Um, or Mando, as he likes to be called. He does like to be called that. He has an actual name, and I can I can't remember. It for Pedro Pascal. No, 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 no. Uh, the the character. Oh, like has an actual name, and I cannot remember what it is. Save my life. Um, it's uh, <laughs> you know I don't know it. <laughs> it's um Riviera Montalbom. <laughs> yeah, that sounds right. All right. No relation to Ricardo. Right. Okay, well, I think 17 minutes of nothing is good enough. <laughs> um, before we jump into the show proper, I want to thank our grave diggers over on Patreon. Uh, these lovely folks help finance our silly little dog and pony show here. Uh, it's not an expensive show we run, but it does cost money. Uh, we have to pay for websites and MP3 Holder place. Hosting. Hosting. <laughs> <laughs> and other such bills and things that come up. You know that how that happens. You're mostly adults, I believe. Tony just bought new pads for our earphones. Yeah, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to charge a show for that. So I paid for it on my <laughs> own card because I didn't have my show card. You can write it off. This is a write off. Just tell them I tell them that I wrote it off. <laughs> Um, do you know what a write-off is? No, do you? No. Well, they do. And they're the ones writing it off. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> anyway, uh, but yeah, so it, it does go a long way, and we are so thankful. Uh, these lovely folks are Carlos Rodella, Gory B. Movie, Max Oleski, Aaron Meyer, Bob Voorhees, and Kevin Nesgoda. Thank you so much, everyone, from the bottoms of our hearts. We love it so much. We love it hard. Hoard. Hoard. Loving it strong. <laughs> they call him that because he was all up in it. Uh, Taylor, if anybody else wants to join the party, where can they go? They can go to patreon.com slash graveplotpodcast. Join for as little as $1, including joining us live every episode on Discord. Uh, if your credit card has been declined, go ahead and update that. You know who you are. 
like Tony said, all the money goes right back into the show. We're not putting it into our pockets. And anything left over goes to things like the Grave Plot Film Fest, which is now accepting submissions. So if you've got a short horror film, 15 minutes or less, head on over to graveplotfilmfest.com and send it our way. We are looking at uh, February 3rd, right? 4th. February 4th? February 4th, 2023 uh, at the Arc Lodge Cinemas. We, we are going to be back, knock on wood, all things permitting. Yeah, unless fucking monkeypox or something yeah, takes no over. Yeah, shit. Jesus Christ. Um, wash your fucking hands, people. So, yeah, greatplotfilmfest.com, patreon.com slash greatplotpodcast, and uh, xvideos.com. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what? Xvideos? <laughs> Hold on now. <laughs> what was that last one? <laughs> If you're tired of your usual pornography. <laughs> I remember when, when Pornhub was like, we're only going to do verified videos now. And was like, all right, well, fucking X videos. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, sometimes I want to see something really fucking raunchy. <laughs> sometimes I want to see some fucking OnlyFans links, <laughs> leaks or something. Like, <laughs> Okay. So there we go. There we go. Let's do some more business. All right. Starting out in some real world horror. This was actually seemed like pretty big news when it happened. Uh, so you may have already heard about this, but you know, science as it's been said before by people smarter than us, brings gifts of convenience to the modern man. <laughs> yes, accurate. That has been said by one MC Bat Commander. <laughs> um, but no, science has often been said to uh, more think about can we rather than should we. <laughs> and while I see the merit behind this, it's hard to look past the possible pitfalls here. <laughs> Pat Oswald, right? He was like, we made AIDS airborne and contagious. We're science. <laughs> uh, scientists. Scientists. You know those scientists. The ones that are just out there. The ones in the coats. Yeah, the ones out there just doing science. Um, doing science. <laughs> doing science. Another Aquabat song. <laughs> uh they <laughs> have, in what might be a scientific miracle or the overstepping of human ethics, <laughs> scientists have been able to revive uh, several dead pig hearts um, beating after they're dead. And the pig had died of a cardiac arrest an hour before the experiment. Now, let me break this down for you, what I just said to you. They brought something dead back to life. I'm sure you've seen one of the 17 Walking Dead series to know that this is usually a bad idea. Yeah. Guys, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. <laughs> Do you want zombies? Because this is how you get zombies. Back in 2019, scientists from Yale 
were able to regain some brain function in dead pigs. The team gathered over 300 pig heads, removed the brains, and put a special cocktail of chemicals. I don't know why I'm doing them. I mean, they're actual chemicals. <laughs> it's, it's, they're not like pretend chemicals or they're not being referred to as chemicals. <laughs> It's not like a kid with like a lab set. <laughs> Just mixing together different colors, water. Yeah, soap and water. It's chemicals. <laughs> mixing, mixing together fucking chocolate milk and Sprite. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, they mixed them in a special cocktail of chemicals for six hours. This project called Brain X. Sounds fake. That, that sounds sound, like something out of a zombie movie. That sounds like something out of Return of the Living Dead. <laughs> it didn't result in the animal regaining consciousness, but the brain cellular function did return. Again, this sounds very reminiscent of zombies because zombies, in many instances and in lores, have been uh, said to have like only the most minor of brain function that basically just drives them to uh, feed. And, you know, with their brains being consumed by a virus, presumably, and, you know, in a, in a lot of cases, uh, it's, it's just like the need of a virus to spread. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, an extension of that project called or- Organ X. <laughs> I'm not even trying. This sounds like something out of like a Resident Evil game. Yeah. Speaking of which, did you watch the Resident Evil show? No. I heard it was really bad. Really? But, you know, I'm, I work at home, so I watch things that I normally wouldn't. <laughs> it's like, as a show, as a, like a zombie show, it's fine. The acting's a little cheese dick. Doesn't it have the dude from Umbrella Academy? Isn't he in that? The dude from Umbrella Academy. Yeah, the big gorilla guy. No. Oh. No, that, that's the movie. Oh, okay. Um, the t- Yeah, the TV show has very little to do with the games. Like umbrella corporations in it, um, the the incident at Raccoon City is referred to, but never really like delved into. Maybe they'll do that in future seasons if they get one. But yeah, it very minimally has anything to do with the games themselves. Um, but yeah, I've I've seen a lot of people shitting on it. And it's just like, I mean, yeah, it's, it's not a great show, but I don't think it's as bad as people are making it out to be. <laughs> if I were to say, oh, I want something, you know, is true to Resident Evil, I'd say, you know, this is dog shit. Yeah, I mean, the movies got pretty far away from the games later. Yeah, they the did. first one was fairly close, but and and uh, I mean, they started off with a character in those movies, you know, Alice, that wasn't even. Uh, game character and that, yeah. that's starting off on the wrong foot <laughs> I don't know why they keep doing that with video game adaptations I don't know see that's where they fucked up with uh, like Assassin's Mortal, Creed Mortal Kombat or Mortal Kombat yeah even Mortal Kombat definitely I, did we was that us talking about mm-hmm. that okay who the, I don't know who Cole is who the fuck is Cole nobody cares about fucking Cole <laughs> what is he fucking Luke Kang <laughs> and Sub-Zero um, anyway, 
Back to the story. Organex. Organex. Uh, the, 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 presumably the same chemicals were uh, used on intact dead pig bodies that had been clinically dead for an hour. Uh, they said the animal's heart, liver, and kidneys saw some reanimation. Cellular, cellular repair. That's too many L's. Cellular, <laughs> cellular repairing genes were also active. Uh, Nanad Sistan, uh, who's the project scientist, uh, told Wall Street Journal that these cells are functioning after they should not be. Yeah, because they're dead. Yeah, I just I just want to reiterate just reiterate that point that he said they should not be. Again, we're science. Yeah. <laughs> it's like uh again, going back to Patton Oswald when he talked about the, the KFC mega leg. He's <laughs> <laughs> like he says, in the commercial, one of the people is like, Are chicken legs supposed to be that big? And the other guy goes, No, they're not. <laughs> Dude, like I, I have to wonder what the hell they're doing to chickens. I mean, it's obviously like there's fucking growth hormones, even though they say there's not. There has to be fucking them. Yeah, fucking them. Making I, a... I ain't no chicken fucker. He's <laughs> a chicken fucker. But have you gone to the store? And I mean, you don't go to the store, do you? I don't, I don't know. What am I a hobo? <laughs> uh, what is this? 2019. <laughs> this is pre-pandemic. Get out of here. Amazon Fresh, baby. <laughs> but. Like, if, some stores, I don't know if all of them do, but if some stores, you go and, like, buy, like, a pack of, like, chicken breasts, these things are fucking enormous. Big old titties. Yeah. Big old like, chicken titties. It's like, this is something I'd expect to come off of, like, a turkey. It's like, how the fuck big is this turkey, is this fucking chicken? It's a, it's a big old chicken. It is a big old chicken. Anyway. What's funny, because I don't think I've seen, like, a huge chicken. Neither have I. <clears throat> I've seen like big turkeys. I've seen like big fucking turkeys, like bigger than I would have thought. The big fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> but I've never seen more than what I would consider an average sized chicken. Yeah. Like even on TV, I don't think I've seen like an abnormally large chicken, yeah. other than ultra mega chicken, of course, but he is legend. <laughs> A rice chicken. Rice, such a rice. Um, machine they used on the carcasses resembled a heart-lung machine. They pumped a mixture of the animal's blood and special chemicals. <laughs> special chemicals. These must special be special herbs and spices. <laughs> <laughs> what is this secret recipe? Um, uh, into the bodies. Thankfully, Organex Project bioethicist at Yale, Stephen Latham. So the tech is very far away from use in hem- humans. You know, they say that now. Yeah, I just want to point out, he didn't say uh, not going to be used in humans. Right. He basically just said, eventually, it's coming. Yeah. I mean, I see the, I see the merits. And, Do you? Well, when I, when I was first reading about it, you know, this, this article is talking about how it could be used in the medical field for organ transplants to keep them alive longer. Okay. I can see the merit in that. But this seems like a very slippery slope. Yeah. This is going to be like some Herbert West shit. Sometimes dead is better. That's what they say. That's what 
That's what old what's his face said. Yep. Old Herman Munster. Old Herman Munster. Did you say Utes? <laughs> uh that is my like one of my go to movies. Like if I can't find something to watch. Wait, I, which one? We just referenced three different movies. <laughs> my cousin Vinny. Okay. Like you ever like have those movies that you stayed home from school, those movies you just always watched? When I was a kid? Yeah. No. No? Oh. No, I always watched uh, Price is Right. No. Well, fair enough. Yeah. Like, I w- when I was in my early 20s, I mean, honestly, I was out of work for a lot of my 20s. But during my early 20s, I was out of work for a long time. And, like, like I'd be employed for, like, two months and then unemployed again. Anyway. Uh, yeah, I spent a lot of time watching daytime television. Mm-hmm. I'd watch... I remember when the W was it still a, no it wasn't the WB it was like TNT one of the Turner TV, TNT or TBS one of the Warner channels or uh, Turner channels they would play uh, an episode of Buffy an episode of Angel and an episode of Dawson's Creek <laughs> and I'd just sit there for three hours and watch that every single day I probably watched Dawson's Creek about four times <laughs> like beginning to end um. And then, yeah, I'd watch, like, Mari, <laughs> and sometimes Price is Right. But if I was, like, homesick from, from school, yeah, like, I had just movies that I would default to, like My Cousin Vinny, Shakes the Clown. Um, and these are, these are just movies that my dad had recorded on VHS, like, on, from, like, when we had a free preview of, like, HBO or something. Mm. So these are just things that we had in our movie cabinet. So I would just watch the same things over and over. Um, but yeah, <laughs> it was a random fucking assortment of movies. Animal House, that's another one. Mm, that's a good one. That is a good one. Anyway. Did you know that was filmed at my dad's fraternity? I did. I did know that. And they kept fucking with John Landis by putting buttons of like whoever was running for president at the time, putting like the buttons in the windows. I think you've told me that. It sounds like must be like, guys. God damn it. <laughs> like, how do you see that? Did, they must have put like a facade on that building, right? I think so. Okay, because it's like what real fraternity house would look that shitty. Yeah. <laughs> um anyway. And like Landis wasn't Landis yet, so it's Yeah. Instead of being starstruck, they're probably just like, oh, fuck this guy. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, what had he even done at that t- point? What like Kentucky Fried movie? That's probably probably it. it, yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So, yeah, guys, man. You Zombies know, are coming. Pigs first. Get we, ready. Apparently, we have the technology, but should we? Probably not. Right, there's there's a new animated feature coming. Is it well, maybe a series? Um, but it's it's called Chainsaw Man, and Chainsaw Man exists in a world of terrorists and heroes who can transform from men to devils. Uh, our hero is a mild mannered man who uh, transforms himself into a devil, and uh, so. <laughs> mm. 
Okay. It's kind of burying the lead here. Um, <laughs> there's a new trailer out you can go watch. It's got monsters, devils, gore. Um, and it's, it's all based on a manga by uh, Tatsuki Fujimoto. Oh, I know what this is. Okay. This is a, yeah, this is a, uh, a manga or that's manga. The, that's what I just said. Did you? I just said that. Well, I don't listen to you. By Tats, Tatsuki Fujimoto. Uh, the synopsis for Chainsaw Man goes like this. Denji is a teenage boy living with a chainsaw devil named Mokita. <laughs> Due to the debt his father left behind, he has been living a rock bottom life while repaying his debt by harvesting devil corpses with Pokita. One day, Denji is betrayed and killed. As his conscience, consciousness fades, he makes a contract with Pokita and gets revived as Chainsaw Man, a man with a devil's heart. What it doesn't mention is that he also has a chainsaw for a head. And arms. <laughs> and arms. <laughs> uh, chainsaw Man is coming to Crunchyroll this October. I want to know when's the live action remake. Because <laughs> I would watch the dick out of that. <laughs> Well, I mean, I think if you watch the Crunchyroll one, then uh, you know you're supporting a good cause. That's it, true. You're 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 bolstering interest. That would mean I would have to pay for Crunchyroll, though, right? And I don't watch a lot of anime. Neither do I. I uh, I paid for a subscription to Funimation, which is is a property holder for a lot of anime shows, um, and uh, I think they just like either merged or were, were bought by Crunchyroll or something. So I had a subscription, and I think it's still active. It was when I was watching a lot of Dragon Ball mm. when we were all staying home. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, uh, Chainsaw Man. Man, I don't really know much about the character, uh, but he's fucking wild looking. And I know a lot of anime nerds like to dress up at him as him as dress up as him at conventions. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, he's got like, like I said, he's got a chainsaw for a head, but it almost looks like a beak that like opens up and he's got like these jagged teeth Mm -hmm. and then like the big blade coming out the front. And then, like, he doesn't really have chainsaws for arms. He just has giant chainsaw blades attached to his arms. Yeah, if you think of, like, Baraka from Mortal right. Kombat, it's kind of the same thing. But chainsaws. Right. Which is m- way more intense. And he wears a shirt and tie. <laughs> right. Oh, good old manga. I hate saying manga. Is it manga? It's manga. It's not manga? No, it's not. I, I prefer to say manga because that... It sounds, sounds right. less stupid. Manga sounds dumb. But, you know, what am I going to do? I can't change the world. But you can make a dent. <laughs> sorry, I just watched Death the Smoochie the other day. Uh, don't be sorry. Never be sorry for watching Death the Smoochie. <laughs> By the way, Cult of Splat, a uh, new episode this Friday. Guess what, guess what movie it is? <laughs> I can't believe that's rotten. A lot of the movies you guys do, I can't believe they're rotten. I know. It's insane. And we're gonna we want to do bonus content called Surprisingly Fresh of movies that we thought would be rotten that aren't. Where you just just <laughs> as an excuse to do movies. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> like Willy's Wonderland. Mm-hmm. Like I'm shocked that's not rotten. That is so weird. I mean, it's got to be on the cusp. Or UHF. Yeah. Willy's Wonderland is sixty one percent or sixty percent. So it's. Literally right on the cusp. 59 is rotten. Yeah. Got it. 
I mean, you could... Uh, UHF is 61. Like, again, these aren't movies that we think are bad. They're movies that we love that we're surprised that critics... Right. Enough critics like. Madness. And, like, audience score doesn't factor into the rotten score, does it? No. Like, we, talk, them... we talk about the um, audience score on the show, but we, it doesn't affect anything. I mean, if you look at something like Rotten Tomatoes, and we're getting so, up, so off subject here, uh, if you look at something like Rotten Tomatoes, and most movies that... I don't want to say most. A lot of movies, if you compare the tomato meter with the audience score, they're like polar opposites, yeah. which just goes to show you how fucking far up their asses critics have their heads. Yeah, I I take the audience score into a, a, a consideration much more than I do the tomato meter score. Almost oh, definitely. Um, all right. Is that it? Cultusplat.com. <laughs> I'm gonna charge you for that. <laughs> don't do free ads on this show, boy. I'll give you five dollars to Patreon. <laughs> all right so um we've got a new movie coming up uh well i guess next year the trailer just dropped for the dungeon and dragons um it's not really a remake it has nothing to do with the original i guess it's starring marlon wayans oh, that was so bad did you see that no oh man like you know i don't really care much for like fantasy movies like Lord of the Rings and that kind of shit. It just does nothing for me. Um, but for some reason, I saw Dungeons and Dragons. And I'm like, what is this? <laughs> and they set it up like they were going to get a sequel. It's like, that probably not going to happen, guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, but yeah, we've got a new one coming out. Uh, was it Br- Britain? Or directed, directed by uh, John Francis Daly, and was something Goldstein. Yep, you heard of him, maybe. <laughs> Jonathan, Jonathan Goldstein, uh, John Francis Daly, of course, better known as Sam Weir or uh, Lance Sweets from from Freaks and Geeks and. Bones, respectively. Anyway, um, so yeah, that's coming out next year, but uh, was in the meantime, I it's think. Chris Pine in it? Yeah. Chris Pine, Sophia Lillis, that dude from Bridgerton that fucks everybody. I don't... <laughs> I'm, I'm guessing, that's what all I hear about Bridgerton, is just, it's just fucking. Just lots of people fucking. Well, There's lots of Victorian people fucking. I've heard very little about Bridgerton. and I, You're lucky. Yeah, I kind of tried to avoid it because that's another thing that has zero interest to me. It's like the whole Victorian romance thing. Like, I don't understand. It. I don't think it's even Victorian, is it? It's further back than that, isn't it? I, I don't know. Or Whatever. Care. But it's like Downton Abbey. Like, I 
it's been how many years since that came out? And I still can't wrap my brain around why so many people like that. I don't know. Like, I want to fall asleep just thinking about it. Woodworthy Manor. Woodworthy Manor. It's the, um, the like ripoff they did on How I Met Your Mother. It was called Woodworthy Manor. Ted Marshall like wouldn't miss an episode. God, I can't remember that. Anyway, but yeah. So while we're waiting on um, Dungeons and Dragons, are we are we waiting on? It? <laughs> well, some people probably are. Uh, there is a new Satanic Panic thriller. Uh, theory, uh, series, not a film, series coming to Peacock. Um, it's called Hysteria! Exclamation point. Uh, and yeah, like I said, it's being made by John Francis Daly and Jonathan Goldstein, and being apparently produced by Jake Weiner's Good Fear, which is Good Fear content. Content. Strange. And Matthew Scott Kane. It, Lists him as Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Apparently, he's an assistant production coordinator on Always Sunny. Okay. Well, good for him. Stepping up in the world. Or com- coming up in the world. That's the phrase. Um, series explores America's dark history of mass hysteria through the shocking story of the teenage, satan- teenage satanic panic. Concept follows a group of 1980s high school misfits who exploit the growing hysteria around the Around teen occult activity. When a beloved varsity quarterback disappears during the satanic panic of the late 1980s, a struggling high school heavy metal band of outcasts realize they can capitalize on the town's sudden interest in the occult by building a reputation as a satanic metal band until a bizarre series of murders, kidnappings, and reported supernatural activity triggers a leather-studded witch hunt that leads directly back to them. Sounds a little like, uh, well, I mean, that's the kind of shit that happened during the Satanic Panic. Mm-hmm. But also, this kind of plays into this last season of um, Stranger Things. Yeah, the uh, like teaser image on whatever side I pulled this from had Eddie. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. You're clearly trying to bait people. Right. Go away, bait. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, this is kind of an interesting concept, I guess. Um, I mean, I can't tell if it's like it says supernatural activity in quote in quotes. So I'm like, is there supernatural activity? Like, is is this a supernatural story, or is it like people think that that's supernatural and it leads back to them? Being in quotes, I would think that it's probably just perceived supernatural activity, right? You know that that was the whole thing about Satanic Panic. In the in the seventies and the eighties, you know, people could swear they saw satanic. I mean, same thing that happened in the fucking witch trials, right? In Salem, yeah. <laughs> um, and it just goes to show you how fucking secular, sick, secular. Help me, secular. Is it secular? Yeah. Why does it seem like it has circular? Well, it was in a cycle. Sick, secular. Yeah, circular, secular. <laughs> Non-secular, because it's religious. <laughs> Show me your secular Show world. Your secular. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, especially in like these fucking Bible Belt 
bumpkin towns. Like West Memphis, Arkansas? Yeah, I was thinking exactly West Memphis 3. Um, they're all out of jail now, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Yeah, Eccles is still pushing really hard to like actually clear their, their name because they did an Alfred plea to get out. Um, okay, so this, the charges are still... They're still yeah. showing as guilty. Yeah. and But Eccles is pushing really hard to get their names cleared. But I know at least one of the other guys is just like, we're out. Let's just... Yeah, that's a tough call. I mean, you wouldn't really know unless you've been in the situation, I guess. But they had, I guess they had like recently they had new evidence that they wanted um, like put into the court and the court denied him. Go fig. Uh, something's got to be done about these southern states. <laughs> um, did you see that Kansas in a surprise? <laughs> vote uh voted to legalize abortion well i mean it was already legal they voted to not to, yeah. criminalize it yeah that was shocking like i didn't see but that indiana coming. on the other hand well naturally when you, when you have a state that has a dipshit like mike pence as their governor or did yeah um but yeah i mean satanic panic was a very real thing Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, a lot of people were persecuted and, you know, in like cases like the West Memphis three were jailed for it just because they were targets, you know, yeah. people who, and like, again, if you've seen stranger things this new season, which I think most of our audience probably has, um, the exact same thing. It was, you know, the, the, the hellfire club, which is just a, a, a board it's game. D and D. Um, were suddenly cast as, uh, as Satan worshippers because they played a fucking a game board game about game dragons and wizards and, and stuff. Yeah. Um, and that kind of shit happened every day, and, and especially in, in, like I said, the Bible Belt and you know, well, like West Memphis Three were singled out for this murder, these three murders, because they wore black and listened to Metallica. Right, like that was the basis of it. Even, especially even like. Over the years, there was overwhelming evidence that it wasn't them. Yeah, I think I think maybe Eccles like might have been into, um, you know, like satanic imagery and uh, symbols and stuff. But I don't think there. I don't think I don't want to speak out of turn, but I don't think there was any actual like Satanism amongst any of the three. If anyone, it was Eccles who was the the ringleader, and he was actually on death row, right? Insane. What's even more shocking is the fact that they were white guys. Yeah. Like, you would have thought that they would have found some someone of color to scapegoat. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, maybe there just weren't any. <laughs> <laughs> Can't find any black Satanists around. I guess these guys will do. There was Mr. Bojangles. Mr. I know, I know a lot about this case. <laughs> It was this black vagrant that wandered into a Bojangles restaurant and like it was all bloody mm. and uh, like went into the bathroom and left and it was never seen again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I remember God, probably around the time we met, I remember you being super, not super into it, like it was entertainment, but like <laughs> just very, yeah, in 
well read on the subject. Yeah, like I did that one by that West Memphis Three benefit show at High Dive. Oh, that's right. Did you ever see Devil's Knot? The like fictionalized version, not I fictionalized, but like the Hollywood version of based on the book. You know what? I think Kristen watched it. And it's, I think it's not very good. <laughs> okay. <all right. laughs> The yeah. documentaries, the Paradise Lost documentaries are really good, but the, the movie itself was not very good. Mm. Yeah, I mean, when you got something like that, they always sensationalize and, and dramatize it. It had... Or dramatic. Who was in that? Reese Witherspoon. I remember, yeah, Reese Witherspoon. Colin Firth, that's who I was thinking, yeah. Mm. Anyway, um, yeah, this, you know, has potential, I think. Potentially. I'm uh I'm skeptical of Peacock just because it's you know Comcast. Yeah. And they will just like make shit. It's like here, have some shit. <laughs> Watch it cuz we told you to. Now look, I made you some content. <laughs> um Yep. There you go. Uh I guess it doesn't actually say when that's coming out. Later. <laughs> At some point in time. In time. <laughs> the torture doctor is in back here to confess his sins. Knowing damn well he was dead wrong. And I can't believe my eyes. Trouble and regret on my mind. I'll let you take the whole thing down. So I'm fairly sure we talked about in the past. They were making an adaptation of the book The Devil in the White City by Eric Larson, which is based on H.H. Holmes, who was considered by many to be the first serial killer. Originally, Leonardo DiCaprio was attached to to star, and Martin Marty Scorsese uh, was going to direct. They call him Marty. His friends do, yeah. It's, I, we're, we're tight, so. <laughs> um, it has now blossomed, or... Whatever the opposite of that is, I guess. I don't know. It depends on your definition. It has now turned into a series for Hulu. 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 Uh, and I I guess I don't know that he's playing H.H. Holmes, but Keanu Reeves has joined the cast. Yeah, I mean... I'm hoping that Leo is still starring as Holmes, because if you look at a picture of H.H. Holmes, Leo looks exactly fucking like him. Yeah, I could see it. I mean, I think a lot of people could play Holmes. I mean, sure. I mean, put a bowler hat and a mustache on anyone. Like, I think a lot of people could look like him. Or Snidely Whiplash. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, But, uh, yeah, I mean, Keanu Reeves. <laughs> Except Keanu Reeves. <laughs> a weird pick. <laughs> and also, I love Keanu Reeves, man. Like, I love watching his movies. And... I am a full believer that he's just the nicest guy in Hollywood, if not the world. <laughs> but man, that dude cannot act. <laughs> Which is fine in a lot of movies. Like Bill and Ted, he didn't need to act because perfect, perfect for it. Uh fucking, point break. Yeah, well, point break, I think maybe he needed a little more chops than he had, but that's fine. It's point break. He's it's, a surfer to bro. It's silly. Um Fucking John Wick, he just needs to beat people up and shoot people. That's fine. But, you know, look at something like Dracula. 
wasn't good. <laughs> it's not good. So the Devil in the White City tells the story of two men, an architect and a serial killer, whose fates were forever linked by the Chicago World's Fair of 1893. So maybe he's playing the architect? Could be. Uh, the players are Daniel H. Burnham, a brilliant and fastidious architect racing to mark his to mark his mark. Who wrote this? Fucking drunk. People. Fucking Mark. <laughs> mark, who's a fucking Mark? Mark is Mark and Mark. Mark, Marky, Marky, Mark. Because of the Marky Mark movie. Um, <laughs> who's making the Marky Mark biopic, guys? A brilliant and fastidious. I mean, Mark Wahlberg, obviously. <laughs> Starring as himself. That'd be perfect. Starring as Donnie Wahlberg. <laughs> and Donnie Wahlberg as Marky Mark. Guys, no joke. If Mark Wahlberg starred in a biopic about himself, like as himself, I would fucking watch it. And it, it would be Entourage, the movie? Well, I mean, sort of. <laughs> but no, I mean, if it was like fucking legit Mark Wahlberg in his like almost 50s, if he's not already 50, playing Marky Mark in his 20s. <laughs> front row center guys i'd be there also the movie has to be called good vibrations right oh naturally <laughs> most definitely um okay sorry daniel h burnham <laughs> a brilliant and fastidious architect racing to mark his mark on the world mm. and henry h holmes a handsome and cunning doctor who fashioned his own pharmaceutical murder castle on the fairgrounds daniel h burns burnham, burnham. uh he's a big fat guy so all right keanu in a fat suit <laughs> Just what we've been waiting for. <laughs> you know they're not going to make him a big fat guy. They're going to make him handsome. I mean, I guess. That doesn't seem like Scorsese's style. Well, uh, Scorsese is now just uh, just executive producing. Mm. As, as apparently is Leo. Uh, Sam Shaw is writing and will serve as showrunner and Todd Field is directing Todd Field? You say I do say Todd Field. Who that? Who that is? I'm I'm looking it up. Are you now? I am now. <laughs> huh? <laughs> yeah. So He directed one episode of Carnival. Sweet. And a bunch of other stuff that I'm not familiar with. He has more acting credits than directing credits. He played Old Drippy. What? <laughs> so there you go. Sweet. Wait a minute. Todd Field. What is it? The name sounded more familiar now. Because he played Old Trippy. Well, no, like his actual face. No. Don't recognize him. Anyway. Anyway, you know who I would cast to play Daniel H. Burnham? Who's that? Daniel Roebuck. Sure, yeah. Tell me you see it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, why is there a picture of Meghan Markle next to H.H. H. Holmes? 
Is Meghan Markle a descendant of Jack the Ripper suspect H.H. H. Holmes? Probably. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh. Oh, man. Magnum P.I.'s uh, helicopter pilot died. Oh. You know. Bummer. <laughs> it is a bummer. It is, but those random things that... It just popped up. Inject the, into the show. Oh, yeah, because that's so out of character for us. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, much like <clears throat> Hysteria, uh, Devil in the White City will be coming sometime to your Hulu screens. Yay. I'm sure Kristen's going to be all over that. She's just fucking just thirsty for serial killers. No, oh, well, yeah, what white girl isn't. But. No, she loves fucking H.H. H. Holmes. Well, <laughs> she doesn't love Hitler <laughs> or uh, uh, Saddam, uh, Saddam Hussein. Um, no, she, she she just respects his work. <laughs> <laughs> She's very intrigued by H.H. H. Holmes, and like she, I, I don't know. She's watched more H.H. H. Holmes documentaries than I would have ever believed existed. But she's watched every single one of them. Did she watch the one on Hulu? Uh, probably. We tried. And we made it maybe five minutes. Maybe. Mm. It was fucking awful. It looked like it was made by a high school video productions class. <laughs> like, it was terrible. Did it have, like, uh, like PowerPoint, like, spinning logos It had, like, the stuff? flame wipes. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't deal. Cool. Yeah, I mean, like, I wonder if... I've never read uh, Eric Larson's book, but I don't... Maybe it goes into the speculation that he may have been... I, that's probably more recent. There's speculation that H.H. H. Holmes could have also been Jack the Ripper. Right, yeah. Um, I wonder if they'll touch on that at all. Of course, that's conjecture, I guess. Yeah. Um, is that the right word? Conjecture? I think so. Conjecture and hearsay. You know, those court words? Yeah. <laughs> I, I move for a bad court thingy. <laughs> All right. All right. Hulu. <laughs> That's what the second age is for. <laughs> All right, guys. I know you've been waited for waiting with bated breath for yet another insidious film. I can't believe there's gonna be five. I didn't realize there's even been four. They there are and why? Yeah, I don't know why anybody watches these movies, but you know they do, and it seems like hot take. First one wasn't good. No, it certainly wasn't, and neither was the second one. Because I know this is one of those movies where people say, oh, the sequel's better. No, it wasn't. <laughs> and I can't, with absolute confidence, say they were all bad because, honestly, I didn't watch anything past the second one because those were terrible. And also, James Wan's name was attached somewhere. Yep. Which just makes it bad. Um, <clears throat> But... Guess what, guys? We're getting Insidious 5. 
Big announcement. Taylor's buddy, Rose Beard. Rose Beard. Will return. Uh, Sony is heading back into the. This is dumb. I'm not going to read this. <laughs> <laughs> the movie's coming out on July 7th of next year. Patrick Wilson is coming back, but as the director. Is his character dead? I don't know. I don't either. I don't care. <laughs> oh, no. I, I guess it does say later that he's, he's also in it. So. Oh. Patrick Wilson will also star alongside the returning Ty Simpkins as Dalton Lambert. And Deadline reports today that Rosebeard. The Rosebeard. Rosebeard. It's too hard to change. Mid-sentence. Change yeah. speeds like that, yeah. Rosebeard. It's funny that I don't remember, like, any of the other actors. Like, I don't remember, like, Patrick Wilson. But, like, <laughs> just Rosebeard. It was, that, was this the movie that... Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't, have we ever actually told that story on the show? I probably. Should I tell it again just in case? Sure, yeah. <laughs> we got time. So Not it, really, but we do. It, it's, it's our show. We got all the time in the world. Fuck it. In, in my younger days, I would uh, sometimes watch movies on sites that were less than reputable. So many. And you've introdu- you introduced me to many of them. <laughs> I don't anymore. I've moved past piracy in, in my older money. and wiser days. And, money and because I'm a grown-up with money. yeah. <laughs> See, that's the thing. When you're a kid, and you're, you're in your early 20s, and you're still making like less than $20 an hour, uh, you, 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 you do what you have to. Yeah. It's like, well, I could eat this week, or I could rent Ernest Goes to Camp. Like... <laughs> Or I could eat and watch Ernest yeah. the Camp. <laughs> but I was I was watching Insidious, and for whatever reason, it was dubbed in Russian. But also for some other reason, they were saying every actor's name <laughs> during the opening credits, and I was like, "These aren't in like these." There, there's one language for names, like the. The name is the name in every language. <laughs> I don't need them to be translated, but the funniest one was Rosebeard. <laughs> and that was what the guy sounded like. <laughs> and that's how her name has always been intended to, to like, that's how it's intended to be said. Yes. From now on. It's not Roseburn, it's Beern. <laughs> and if say, like, it's one word <laughs> Rosebeard. Rosebeard. Like Rosebud. Uh, this is going to be my dying word. It's going to be like Schindler's List. Instead of saying Rosebud, I'm going to say Rosebeard. It's not Schindler's That's List. It's not Schindler's List. It's uh... a... <laughs> my mind wants to say Serpica when I know that's not right. <laughs> Casablanca. No. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Citizen Kane. <laughs> I need to get God damn it. <laughs> It's like somehow you got even further away. <laughs> I don't know why my mind went to Serpico. <laughs> Choke on that spin doctor's mix. <laughs> oh. We have fun. We we have so much fun. It takes away from the bitter taste of having to talk about Insidious. Uh yeah, so yeah, Patrick Wilson, man, I like him in most cases. Just not when he does things that have anything to do with James Wan. Yeah. Like, 
all the fucking um, Conjuring Conjuring movies. It's like, why would you play just this known scumbag? Yeah, willingly, and like, not and try to portray him as like a good person in a good light. Yeah, it's like if you were portraying him as a fucking con man, like he was. Yeah, that'd be one thing. But you're portraying him as a, he's like this this genuine guy who's not trying to just like him and his scumbag wife are trying to like. Yeah, she was conning people till her dying day. Yeah. Which, I mean, so was he, but her dying day was like 20 years later than his. Right. Making money off these movies, I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure. But she was like doing seances, like of Ed and shit. Like, fuck out of here. Should have been in jail. Should have died in jail. <laughs> Just because. Uh, yeah, so Ruth Bude. We'll, we'll uh, also star in Insidious 5 as Renee Lambert. Sinclair Daniel, Peter Dagger, and Hayam Abbas have also joined the cast. I don't know those people. Know. Josh Lambert heads east to drop his son Dalton off at an idyllic ivy-covered university. Is a kid in college now? Sure. Is that first movie that old? Because he was just a wee lad, wasn't he? Well, the thing with movies is you can really set them anytime you want. That's true. Present day. Cell phones. Or, yeah, or, yeah like. How old was he in the first movie? I don't know. 10, 12? No, that was 12 years ago. Was it really? God damn. <sighs> anyway, uh, Dalton's college dream becomes a nightmare when the repressed demons of his past suddenly return to haunt them both. So is fucking Darth Maul coming back? Yep. Probably. <laughs> I don't know. Yep. <laughs> um, Scott teams of Hollywood kill. Holly, Halloween kill. Hol- Hollywood kills. Hollywood does kill. Uh, Scott teams of Halloween kills uh, wrote the script based on a story by franchise co-creator Lee Um Yeah. So anybody who's seen Halloween kills can probably guess this is not going to be great. Oh, yeah, that was the last one. I was thinking thinking that was the one that was coming out this year. That's Halloween Ends. Right. Which, you know. Probably not. Probably not great. (laughs) Probably wish Halloween Ends was like, you know, in 1981, whenever fucking Halloween 2 came out. Yeah. (laughs) Halloween 2 probably should have been Halloween Ends. Yep. And then Halloween 3 could have just been its own thing. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> here's another tangent. Uh, you know, Halloween, Halloween one and two, it should have been left there. Yeah, and Halloween three, if they're gonna do it, I still think it's a dog shit movie. Even if it was unrelated, I still wouldn't like it. But yeah, it definitely should have been its own thing. It shouldn't have been called Halloween, right? Because if you wanted to do the 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 anthology thing, you shouldn't have called the second one, or you should, the second one should not have been Michael Myers. Yeah, but that was the problem was he, Carpenter, wanted to do an anthology, but the Assad family, that were the producers, wanted him to make a sequel. So they were like, all right, if you make a sequel, then you can do your anthology thing. Uh, okay, well, I guess that makes sense. That's why Carpenter will always say in interviews that he never wanted to make part two. Right. He did it because the studio, it, the, the only way he could get an a anthology movie was to make a sequel. But like you said, that just throws everything off because then you make a sequel and then you make this third movie that's not attached and everyone goes, well, why, where's Michael Myers? 
It's like, oh, so this one's not attached. It's like, why did you make two and then make another one? Yeah. Because they fucking made me. <laughs> um. Anyway. Ah. The hell? Anyway. Uh, yeah, so, but, you know, you make Halloween one and two, and you make the original series, whatever. They got progressively worse. Actually, I'd say H2O was probably the third best one. Yeah, yeah, and then they made. I, think I would agree with that. Then they made was it Resurrection? Was Resurrection? That the, yeah, um, and that was just a travesty. <laughs> um, and then, okay, and then they cut it off. They ended it. That's fine. Great. Then they go and they let Rob Zombie make his. Okay, fine. That's a complete. It's a, uh, a a remake. It's not a reboot. Anything, any of the fancy terminology they're using now is a complete remake, completely detached from the original series. Great. They do it all the time, whatever. But then they undo that and go back to the original series. And she's like, you are fucking up. Yeah. <laughs> this is like when, you know, when they remake something and people just like piss and moan, like it's going to suddenly ruin their favorite movie. Well, not only did they go back to the original series, they retconned two through six. That's true. Yeah. Which like, there are people like me who I like Halloween two better than Halloween one or Halloween. I wouldn't say I like it better, but I like it. Yeah. I've always thought that was a superior film. I know I'm in the minority with that, but whatever. I like the first one too. So whatever, we we can still be friends. Sure, I like part three. So, yeah, um, but yeah, to completely retcon even like the 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 two good sequels, like if you wanted to say that like four through f- six didn't happen, yeah, I'm okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but although then you lose Paul Rudd. <laughs> I think I think he's okay. he's doing okay. Yeah, he's gonna be fine. <laughs> <laughs> then you replace him with fucking Wyatt. No, not Wyatt. Gary. No, Wyatt from Weird Science. Um. Anyway, hit the fan, Wyatt. <laughs> Gary's taking a huge shit. No, it is Gary. Wyatt's the other guy. Wyatt's the nerd. They're both nerds. Yeah, the the the, the 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 brunette guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, Gary is um, what's his face? Mike uh, Michael Anthony Michael. Anthony Michael. Yeah. By the way, that movie's rotten. Weird science. Yep. I mean, I get it. I guess it's problematic. Well, uh, yeah. Did not age well. That's one of those movies that like people our age can appreciate, but younger generations definitely won't. That's true. Um. Anyway, so uh, fucking insidious. insidious. Just make it, make it stop. <laughs> it's. I think they should be looking at like the Saw franchise and how bad that got, mm-hmm. and just realize that they need to call it a day. <laughs> Yeah, and let's, let's, let's wrap this up. Insidious ends. <laughs> so they should call it.
right, so circling back to the beginning of the episode when we talked about Back for Blood, uh, there's a new expansion coming out for that game on August 30th called Children of the Worm. Uh, this is following the release of the Tunnels of Terror DLC back in April. The Worm. Like Scotty Too Hotty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Uh, Children of the Worm will feature a brand new story campaign, a new cleaner, new weapons, accessories, and cards, as well as a heap of new skins when I was for playing, characters and weapons. When I was playing Back for Blood, and they were talk, kept talking about cleaners, I'm like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> Kenny Omega? <laughs> they kept talking about cleaners, like like the characters in the game. I'm like, I don't know what cleaners mean. What is that? <laughs> It took me forever to realize, oh, these characters, they're the cleaners. Yeah, it took me a while to realize that the zombies or whatever are called the Ridden. Right. Yeah. Because they, they kept talking about the Ridden, the Ridden, the Ridden. And I'm like, what is the Ridden? Is this a group of people? Is this a gang? Right. Just fucking outsiders. Outlanders. Yeah. Fucking bike gang. Yeah. <laughs> uh, details are still to come for the expansion, but this time around, players will face gun-toting cult. I think that should say a gun-toting cult as their main adversaries. To counter this, a new cleaner known as Prophet Dan, a gun-toting, self-proclaimed preacher of the end times, will be joining the crew. Players will also have access to the new bear trap weapon, as well as the lockjaw rifle. Children of the Worm will also include eight exclusive character skins and 12 exclusive weapon skins. I don't like that you have to buy so much in Mm -hmm. Back for Blood. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the case with a lot of games nowadays, but... Everything is just fucking microtransactions and just nickel and dime you to goddamn death. Yeah. I mean, I realized that, like, there was a, a time when you could develop a game in, in in minimal time. You know, back in, like, Nintendo or Super Nintendo games, you know, Genesis games. You know, probably Sega games were probably the, the most advanced at the time. Yeah. Being 16-bit. Right. <laughs> Um, but, uh, you know, you could probably bang those games out in a relatively short amount of time, but now games nowadays have to be, uh, you know, these moving works of art in most cases that, you know, they spend years developing these things. Right. And, you know, whereas game developers of the past could put out several games in one year and, you know, make money off of that throughout the year. You know, people buying the games and, you know, buying multiple games. You know, you've got a studio puts out one game in, you know, two years. I get it. I get that they have to make their money. And, you know, you you have the first surge of people buying the game. And then that well runs dry. So you got to keep giving them something to buy and, you know, keep that revenue rolling in. I get it. I definitely get it. But it's a pain in the ass as a gamer. (laughs) Like, I'm... I'm all for DLC in the concept of like specifically like sports games, you know, but if I could just buy NBA 2K22 and then next year I can buy the DLC that updates the rosters and the uniforms and logos and anything like that so that I don't have to buy an all new game. Yeah. That kind of shit I'm all for. But when it's just like, like, I mean, I don't have a problem with this because it's not necessary. You don't have to get this. Yeah. But like new levels and stuff, it's just like, I mean, I, again, I guess it's better than buying a whole new game, but yeah, it's the ones where it's like you basically 
have to have like a certain weapon or something to advance the game. Mm -hmm. That's the shit that really pisses me off. Yeah, that's that's really fucking irritating. And I know there are other games that are more guilty of it. And I think those games are ones that like target to like kids. Yeah. So you know they go fucking hound their parents for for money, or you know they they want gaming gift cards for their birthday and Christmas and stuff, so they can go buy new skins for their Fortnite characters, that kind of shit. Yeah. That's that's the new skins are the ones that like just I can't understand why anybody would spend money on. There used to be a day where you could just get new costumes in the game. Hey, like you unlocked them by doing a you know a certain mission or a mini game or something. Yeah. Like, yeah. Fucking dumb. I think that both should be an option. Like you can play a mini game or you know accomplish a certain goal and you get this skin, or you can just buy it if you don't yeah. want to deal with the playing whatever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, you know, I keep going back to Assassin's Creed just because those are the games I I play most often. Assassin's Creed. There used to be things called uh, helix points um, that you just earn throughout the game. Like completing certain quests, you know, getting certain goals or achievements or whatever, you get helix points and you could redeem those for, you know, different costumes, different weapons, um, different like horses or, you know, or, you know, pets, that, that kind of stuff. Those are still in the game, but the, 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 the amount to which you can just earn them in the game by playing the game is like almost completely diminished. You have to buy these points now, like with real money, and then you can redeem these in the game. And I fucking hate that. Yeah. And so, like, you know, Assassin's Creed, uh, Ubisoft, they have at least two teams working on Assassin's Creed games all the time. So, I mean, there was a point where they're putting out an Assassin's Creed game every year because they had these two teams developing a game in a year, put it out. The other team's developing a game in a year, put it out. Um, and I think they've slowed that down, and that might be, might be why they're, you know, moving more towards a lot of these microtransaction things. But, like, all of the DLC... I have no problem with DLC, but when it costs almost as much as a, as a game, that's where I take issue yeah. with it. Um, I know they they released not too long ago, like the final DLC of Valhalla, um, and I think their original intention was to release it as a separate game, but instead they just dumped it as DLC. But it, it costs like forty bucks. That's nuts. <laughs> so, and I, I, I bought. Some of these things you can buy like a season pass, and you get you you pay this exorbitant amount for a season pass, but you get any of this DLC that comes out in the in the next year. Mm -hmm. It's expensive, but as far as things go, it's kind of a, a bargain. If you're gonna buy all the DLC, yeah, yeah. But you know, sometimes the DLC expires because it's usually good for a year or a season. Um, and then they put DLC out after it. Of course. So then you have to buy that separately. It's like, well, I just bought the fucking season pass. Now you can buy a new season pass. It's a new season. Yeah. So I, I, I bought like several of the DLCs 
for Valhalla, like the like the initial ones. I can't remember if I bought them as a season pass or like as a package or not. But yeah, then they just put out this big one for forty bucks. Like, come on, guys, <laughs> breaking my balls. It's like, I mean, I know I'm not buying full games from you because you're not putting them out as often as you used to, but still, I'm not fucking made of money. <laughs> Anyway, anyway, speaking of which, uh, Children of the Worm can be had via the Back for Blood annual pass. <laughs> uh, or if you have Back for Blood Deluxe Edition or Ultimate Edition, uh, or you can just, just buy it on its own. That's another thing that gets me these fucking Ultimate Editions. Mm-hmm. It's like, so you put out the game, then you put out all these DLCs and make people buy them separately. And then you put out the ultimate edition with all the DLCs incorporated in them at a f- fraction of what the people just spent on all these DLCs. Like, you are fucking smoked. Anyway. Okay. Well, that's horror business, guys. We made it. Hey. Through all us. the tangents and random bullshit. What the fuck is that noise? That, uh, I think was... I don't know. Discord crashing? My Discord crashed anyways. Oh, yeah, I haven't been doing the video. You were? Oh, maybe it did crash. All right. Well, good thing we were done. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that's our business. Um, okay. Let's do some reviews. All right, guys, so like we said at the beginning of the episode, we have two streaming exclusives for you. If you look at the title of the episode, it's going to look like we have three movies, but we don't. Yeah, it's just just the two. Just two. We've only done three movies twice? I think twice. First time was our first ever Halloween episode, and that was like four hours long. Yeah. We had very poor time management. We still do, but (laughs) it was worse. Um, but we've stayed on track more than <laughs> that's true. We just thought we had to do every news story, right? That was out there. Yeah. And like, it felt like we had to do things in a much more organized fashion, which we don't because fuck it. Yeah. But, this is our show. Yeah. We do what we want. Yeah. We, if list- we want to talk about fucking Gilmore girls in the middle of a horror podcast, we're going to do it. Yeah. I mean, we and want- we have, we- <laughs> <laughs> um, Anyway, okay, so uh, like I said, two movies. Uh, we've got They Slash Them uh, and Prey. Uh, which one do you want to start with, Taylor? Let's start with Prey. Why do you want to hunt? Because you all think that I can't. I saw a sign in the sky. I'm ready. My only Nita.
there's something about that. I'm coming with you. You can't. I'm trying to protect you. Protect me from what? It's time. Guys, so pray. Uh, brand new movie from Dan Trackenberg of uh, Ten Cloverfield Lane. Is it related to Michelle? I think we probably talked about this when we did Ten Cloverfield Lane, but I mean, I don't know. Maybe a common name. Maybe I. I feel like I don't hear the a lot of Trackenbergs out there. Uh, he is not really. <laughs> it says in his Wikipedia, he is not related to Michelle Trackenberg. <laughs> Must get asked a lot. <laughs> this is such a weird section. It's personalized section. Trackenberg had a bar mitzvah. <laughs> he married Priscilla Hernandez in 2011. He is not related to actress Michelle Trackenberg. So wait, is is he Jewish? If he had a bar mitzvah. I, but I feel it's like it's more noteworthy if he's not Jewish. <laughs> Parents are like taking it back. <laughs> um, Trackenberg, I... I, I believe is a Jewish name. So sure. I just, for that to be on his Wikipedia, it's just, it would just be really funny. If he was like, we're not Jewish, but you're <laughs> going to become a man. The old fashioned way. Uh, his current upcoming project is a TV series adaptation of Waterworld. Well, oh, interesting. It is interesting. Dry land is not a myth. Uh, I've seen it. it. Uh, Okay. Anyway, so um, yeah. Obviously, I mean, unless you're fucking living under a rock, you know that this is the uh, fifth film in the Predator series. As P R E Y, right? Not, not praying. Right. Not prayer. Not, not pray. dear Lord. Have you watched the rehearsal on HBO Max? No. Oh my God. It is wild. What is it? You know who Nathan Fielder is? Nathan for you? No. You never watched Nathan for you? I don't think so. Oh. He is this he's a comedian and he had Nathan for you was basically like a, it was a Borat kind of show where it was like people didn't know they were on the show but he was like helping them get jobs and stuff. Okay. But now like the rehearsal is he has he brings in these people and he has them rehearse for real life situations. Like the first episode is there's this guy who's on a trivia team and his whole trivia team thinks that he has a master's degree, but he doesn't. And he wants to tell them that he doesn't actually have a master's degree. 
And so he does this like whole rehearsal. He rebuilds, like he builds a model or a scale replica of the Alligator Tavern in Brooklyn for this guy to go to, to practice telling this one person on his trivia team that he doesn't have a master's degree. (laughs) This is mundane shit. It's so wild. (laughs) But the second episode, we've only watched two so far, but the second episode is this woman who wants to have a baby. And so he's having her rehearse being a parent. Okay. But like, it's so funny because since they can't have kids on set for more than four hours at a time, they're switching out babies. <laughs> but this woman, like, I, the reason I, it came in my head is because at one point this woman is like praying to God and she's like, dear God, please let these people understand that they're not in control of this whole project and that you are actually in control. And, She's a little out there. Um, but she wants to have a baby. Oh, yeah, of course. <clears throat> Just what we need in the world. But she like she wants a co-parent. She doesn't want to be a single mom. And so they like have her go on these dates and to find a guy who will rehearse being a co-parent with her. <laughs> Jesus. And so she meets this guy who is just as out there as she is. He's like obsessed with numbers and like numbers from the Bible and stuff. So like they're driving and he's like, oh, 88 on the uh, odometer. It's, that means a new beginning. Oh, look, it's 644. Such and such 644 says this. And I'm like, dude, it doesn't mean anything if you assign something to every single number. Yeah. And literally like every time he's like 88. Oh, 88. I'm like, yeah, it's going to say 88 a lot. Like, do you do this every fucking 100 miles? Like, come on, dude. <laughs> but then like she tells him about it and he's interested in doing it. But then you find out he thinks he's just going to get laid. Ah. And so, like, he goes to his house, and he's, like, packing up stuff to move into her house. And he's telling Nathan that, like, he's he thinks he's going to have sex, even though she explicitly tells him, this is not a sexual relationship. Like, I am saving myself for my husband. Is that okay? And he's like, yeah, no problem. And then, like, he's going and packing his stuff. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to get laid tonight. <laughs> and Nathan's like, do you use condoms? And he's like, no. <laughs> and then, like, he's packing stuff, and Nathan's like, is that a bong? <laughs> He's like, yeah, hits the bong right in front of him. And then like they go to leave and Nathan's like, should I drive since you've been smoking marijuana? The guy's like, oh, no, I smoke and drive all the time. (laughs) And then Nathan's like, you don't have a license plate. He goes, yeah, it's fine. Don't you need a license plate to drive? No. You don't need a license plate to drive. No. (laughs) That's right. I'm like, this guy's a piece of shit. Oh, shit. Like for all his like Jesus this and Bible that and now he's just a piece of shit. And then like he so he moves into the house and they have during the night they have they have a robot baby. (laughs) And they have this guy who stays up and he watches a baby monitor of a real baby, and every time it cries, he makes the robot baby cry. But so she tells this guy that moves in that like when the baby cries, it's your turn because I'm doing it all day. And so he does it like three times and then he goes in her room and he goes, I'm leaving. He's like, I need a full night's sleep. I can't do this. I'm leaving and just leaves in the middle of the night. (sighs) Sounds like a weird fucking show. It's so fucking weird. All right. So So that's our review (laughs) of the rehearsal. Thank you for joining us. So, again, Prey is the fifth movie <laughs> in the Predator series. Um, 
apparently all of the uh, all of the um but it's a prequel it is a it's a prequel and all of the previous films are still canon as i understand yeah yeah um i don't know i i guess i thought that because predator was so bad or not predator um <laughs> the predator yeah the predator was so bad that they would have just like oh, we're not we don't talk about that one anymore <laughs> But I think it's still part of it. Um, but yeah, like Taylor said, this one is a prequel, a far prequel, because it takes place in the early 1700s. Yeah, it's the Predator's first hunt on Earth. Right. Um, it uh, centers around a uh, a Comanche tribe. In you know, Comanches, like their their presence was uh, pretty widespread in in the Great Plains. <clears throat> so it doesn't say specifically where this took place. It was filmed in Alberta. So maybe somewhere up north, like Montana or something. It, I, I have no idea. Uh, I mean, just judging by the scenery, it couldn't have been like Oklahoma. <laughs> because that's not what Oklahoma looks like. Right. Because there were mountains. Right. And yeah, lots of forests and stuff and greeneries i don't i've never been to oklahoma but i'm pretty sure that most of the state doesn't look like that uh but yeah so uh focuses on a tribe of comanches specifically uh a girl named naru who is um i mean i don't know the dynamics of of indian you know early indian tribes or you know native tribes uh, I don't know if there was a very distinct gender roles, but it kind of seemed like that's what they were trying to push on her. Yeah, it seemed very hunter-gatherer kind of. Yeah. Uh, I mean, a lot of the, the hunters were men. I mean, all of them were men except for her, but she she seemed to have spent a lot of her time <clears throat> on her own training herself to be a hunter. She seems pretty adept at it, too. Um, she's yeah, even though they, her like, brothers and stuff keep... Or her brother and the other men of the tribe keep telling her that she like she's not a hunter. She can't. She can't hunt. She can't go with them to hunt because she mm-hmm. doesn't know how to hunt. But, right. But yeah, like you said, she's shown herself to be fairly adept at it if they would just pay attention. Right. And uh, she's got um, a, 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 a hatchet that she is very good at throwing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, there's a lot of things in this movie where it's just like, mm, no. <laughs> it's like. She's throwing this axe, and it's like I it's it, I mean it's it's early 18th century Native American weapon technology. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this axe is made out of stone, probably slate of some kind, um, and it's it's sharper than hell, I'm sure, but it's still rock, yeah, of a, a fragile rock at that, um, and she is just practicing throwing this thing and you know when you throw it at something living with you know flesh that's easily pierced that might be one thing but she's throwing at these trees and she is just like repeatedly over and over yeah like like two she's standing in between two trees and just going like back and forth yeah and this thing is getting like stuck in these trees it's like "Mm, no (laughs) yeah and she ties a a rope to it and that's another thing yeah there's no fucking way that would work (laughs) you can't throw a throwing axe with a rope attached to it (laughs) And she just like yanks it out of the tree too. Like, yeah, I feel like it wouldn't like 
fling back as as quickly as it no. does. Yeah, I mean, there's. I do like when the guy says, "You put a leash on your weapon." <laughs> I mean, it's very fam- uh, reminiscent of like a kunai. Sure. Um, but you know, it's it's not. <laughs> I mean, not only is it an axe, but it's not made of metal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway. So yeah, uh, Naru, she has an older brother who's a very uh, respected hunter in her tribe, uh, Tabe. It's Tabe or Tabi? I I don't know. I guess I like when they were saying names. Like a lot of times, they just didn't register as names. I guess. Yeah, same here. Uh, um. And like a lot of times, it's it's one. Th- I mean, kind of jumping around here but one thing that's interesting about this film is like a lot of it you know they'll they'll start speaking in comanche and there's actually like a full comanche dub for this movie mm-hmm. which is very interesting um but yeah they, they would, what are you doing this I'm, playing pocket pool no it's this cord i keep kicking it stop it don't do that well, i'm trying to move my leg don't kick it my leg is uncomfortable. All right, spider legs. I need to stretch my leg. <laughs> um, okay. Anyway, so yeah. Uh, she is out on her own with her, with her dog. Was sorry. Yeah. Um, and By the way, when you watched it, when they spoke Comanche, was it uh, captioned? No. When And the French guys, no captions? No. Because, but actually, at a certain point, I turned on the um, I turned on the captions because I had to keep it low because because Kristen was still sleeping and also the kid was making noise. So it's funny. I also <laughs> turned on the captions because I was sitting in my living room with the fan on and I couldn't hear it over the fan. Mm. I didn't want to just blast it. So I yeah, on the captions. yeah, same thing. I like. I but already... all the captions were in French. Like it would say speaking French, and then it would listed in French. I'm like, you could put speaking French, blah blah blah, and I wouldn't know the difference. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like a lot of movies have been doing that lately just because it's like, yeah, they're speaking another language. You're not supposed to know what they're saying. That's, that's the point. Or they're like, fucking learn it, dumb Americans. (laughs) Every other country's bilingual. What's your problem? Idiots. Speak American. (laughs) Frank, Frank, take down the talk, the talk American sign, please. Why? Maybe he's racist too. So she's so Naru's out hunting. She's tracking this deer, and suddenly she sees this strange occurrence in the sky, um, like swooping clouds and what looks like thunder. You know, like bright flashing lights. We, as the viewers, know what's going on. It's clearly a predator ships soaring through this through the uh, clouds. You see the actress who plays Naru. Her name is Amber Mid Thunder. Mm-hmm. It's a cool name. It's a cool name. A lot of natives have cool names. She's Sue. She is Sue. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sue are so fucking good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you notice uh, fucking Sanger's in this? No. Yeah, he's he's one of the hunters. Huh? Yeah. So. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, so. <laughs> um. Anyway, so yeah, she um. Did he get a squeezer off the side of the... (laughs) Was it not a river? (laughs) 
Uh, let's see. Seriously, though, Shorzy's so fucking good. It is good. Like, I wasn't thinking it was going to be that good. No. Like, it might be better than Letterkenny. Uh, I said might. <laughs> um, I keep losing my place. It could also just be recency bias. I mean, that that's probably part of it. Yeah. And, like, you know, Letterkenny's been on for a while now. Yeah, I've watched it like three or four times. Like. And some episodes or even some seasons are kind of hit and miss. Sure. Shorzy only has one good first season. Yeah. And it's only six episodes. Right. Of course, that's how long Letterkenny is. I think now, yeah. I think the first couple of seasons were longer. No? No. Anyway, here we go. <clears throat> so she uh, sees the... Which which she uh, interprets as a thunderbird, which I didn't know was a common belief across native tribes. I thought that was mostly like a, a northwestern tribe thing, but apparently there are different thunderbirds across different tribes and their belief systems. So um, she takes that as a sign that she is. Ready to become a hunter, so she goes to her her brother Tabe, and says, "Hey, you need you need to take me out on your next hunt." Um, and they're they're out looking for a mountain lion, um, who I don't know did the mountain mountain lion take off with one of their people or no? Because at first they thought they were looking for a bear. Until they saw the poop. Yeah, I guess that's true. Scat. Sk- oh, scat. great. The dog found shit. <laughs> um, so they... Uh, let's see. I don't know why, until like just this moment, the concept of mountain lion didn't pop into my head. I kept calling a lion. Yeah, because like, they find the poop, and the guy's like, oh, good. The dog found shit. But then they're like, doesn't look like any bear shit I've seen. And her brother is like, yeah, you see that. He says that ball. He said, that's lion scat. And I was like, lion? Yeah. And he says, oh, lions in the forest? <laughs> Idiot. <laughs> what country is this? <laughs> um, yeah, he says there's like crushed up bones in it. And that's that's indicative of mountain lion or lions. Um so I mean, for there to be mountain lions, there must it has to be somewhere up further north. Yeah, I don't know. Um, so they're out looking for the, this lost tribe member, um, and uh, I think they ultimately end up finding him. I lost track of a lot of this because it was is at night, and there's like almost, almost no lighting. Uh, and my living room gets so fucking bright during the day. Mm. Like even with all the curtains and stuff closed, there's just so much glare. So if I'm watching a movie with a night scene, like I almost completely lose the picture. <clears throat> so I'll I'll do my best here. So I think what happened is they they find their tribe member, and they put together a stretcher to take him back. Yeah, he's all slashed up. Right, and yeah, they're just like you know must have been the mountain lion that did this. Um, so they go out and they're, they start tracking the lion. Um, meanwhile, 
the predator is tracking them. Basically, analyzing them and seeing where they rank as far as basically worthy prey. Um, so they're out hunting the, the lion and they ultimately find it. And I think they set, okay, so they set a trap to find the lion. And somehow she winds up in the tree. Was that yeah. a, I, I, I lost track of how that happened. Me too. She, she's up in the tree and the lion is stalking her on the branch and the predator no they fall yeah she's like backing up and falls off the end of the right. branch and that's where she and then the cat falls too and that and the predator kills it right i don't know i, I feel like i'm getting in the weeds here it's not yeah. ultimately important so they're out hunting the lion we find out it's actually uh i mean no because she gets knocked unconscious. And they take her back to the camp. They take her back to the camp. When she wakes up, Tabe shows up and he's got the cat's head. Right. Okay. Yeah, so they saw, uh, when he comes back with the, the head and they, they throw him a big celebration um, for being, you know, this great hunter, taking out the beast that, you know, injured their, their tribe member and killed a couple others, right? I think there's some others that were dead at this I'm point. I'm not sure. Doesn't matter. Um but she, but uh, Naru, she is. She saw a footprint that was not a mountain lion's, and it was not a bear's. She swears up and down it was something much bigger, and that is what's out there. Uh, you know that that's what I think she said. That's what took this this uh, tribe member. Yeah, and she's like, even if it is a bear, why is it walking around its hind legs? Right. And she found the 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 corpse of a snake that had been skinned. And she's like, what bear could possibly do that? And you know, her brother and the and the other hunters kind of like wave her off. Shut up, girl. Yeah. So she goes out on her own looking for whatever this thing is. And um bears, rhinos. <laughs> And um, yeah, she she basically goes on this quest to find whatever it is that's been stalking not only her tribe but you know the animals in the forest. Um, and you know, we know that it's the predator. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, it it all kind of builds up to this this final final battle, um, as you might expect. So I don't want to give away a lot of details, but I mean that's kind of the the gist of it. Yeah. Um What do you think? It's good. Um I have a hard time calling it a horror movie. It feels a lot more like I think I think all the Predator movies really I have a hard time classifying them as horror cuz I think they're really much more action adventure. Mm, yeah, more yeah. Um one of the the things that kept like sticking out in my brain is like even in the first Predator Obviously, you know, he has this technology that's far beyond ours, but like seeing it 300 years in the past makes it even more like, I don't know, impressive, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it. uh, so this predator looks more ancient to look at it when it finally. So, I mean, not only does the ship have its familiar cloaking 
system like it does in all the other movies. But he, the Predator itself, has a, a cloak like like the first one. I mean, basically all the Predators have had some kind of cloaking um, system abilities. Um, uh, is that a technology thing or is that a biological thing? I believe it's technology because in the movies it seems like they always kind of key it in on their mm. little little armband thing. Um, and, and it seems like it's disrupted every time it interacts with something. That's true. Which is something that I don't recall happening in any other, any other movies. Which yeah, I, I, I don't know if that's to make it more realistic or maybe show that this technology is more ancient than it is in you know present mm. day. Yeah, I haven't seen all of them, but I, I didn't remember that happening in the other ones right that i have seen <clears throat> um but yeah this predator itself like it's it's mask you know familiar it's it, it has a completely different mask than what we've kind of become accustomed to we see it like make part of it out of a, a wolf's or a, yeah wolf's skull right um and uh it does have the the little three laser tracking system mm-hmm. on it that we are are uh, aware of it does have the shoulder mounted blaster it's got his wolverine berserker blades right schnicky schnicky schnau <laughs> and instead of the um you know well i guess no i'd have to rewatch the predator movies i guess to be positive but i feel like they maybe have like a blaster on their arm usually but in this case it's replaced by basically a laser sighted um uh, dart, or you know, like a like a like a spear. Uh, it's, it's almost like a um um a crossbow bolt. Yeah, but it's it's got like it pops out and it just floats there, like it like it's got some kind of hovering system in it, um or like a hover field, I guess. Um, but it's all laser guided through through the sighting system. Um. And it still sees in in uh, infrared. Mm-hmm. Um, the face is different. Once you see its actual face, it looks different than yeah. other predators have looked. Um, but yeah, aside from that, it's all like you know, it, it's it's hard to kind of discern because even in the more modern day predator movies. I mean, I say that like taking place in time. The more modern Predator movies, they they don't look all that advanced. I mean, like the first Predator in the first movie, aside from the mask and and the you know, and the weaponry, like it's wearing what looks like you know, um, um, fuck, not least. That's not what, the word I'm looking for. Chainmail. No, um, make stockings out of it. Fishnet? Fishnet, thank you. God damn. <laughs> it seems like a lot, of, you know, there's wearing like a, like a fishnet shirt of, of one sort or another. And, you know, like, it's hard to tell if he's even wearing pants. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway. You just wearing a mesh tank top. <laughs> <laughs> this came from one of the gay clubs in the 80s. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's it's clear that this, even though it's an advanced 
species, it's still they they represent it as you know even the, as an advanced species being three hundred years um, more primitive than it was represented in, right. in the newer in the more modern days. <clears throat> um. The uh, the the we're so used to seeing like modern soldiers and modern modern you know military units going up against the predator. It's interesting to see something something a, 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 a culture that's so you know technologically unadvanced. Yeah, using like bows and arrows and hatchets and things of that nature as opposed to like actual firearms. Yeah, which I mean. In a hands of a skilled warrior, it almost seems more um, lethal. Not lethal, but uh, more um, effective. Because mm. you know, you got a machine gun; you're just spraying bullets. You know, something that's agile and can also be invisible. You know, you're basically going to be shooting at air, and you know, ninety five percent of the time, right? But, you know, you go at it with... And you're just using up ammo, too. Yeah. Whereas, you know, bow and arrow, you can go and retrieve those arrows or, like, a hatchet or whatever. You can just keep using over and over. Yeah, there's a, there's actually a scene where Tabe gets into it with the with the Predator. Um, you know, a little bit of hand-to-hand, not, not too much, because obviously the Predator has the size and strength advantage. But Tabe, uh, you know, launches an arrow into him and then, you know, does, like, a knee slide... To you know, slide past him and grab the grab the arrow back, and then launch it into him again. Mm-hmm. The way they were shooting those bows, I've never seen that yeah, like, before. Yeah, his hand upside down. Yeah, you know, yeah, you, that was weird. Yeah, I mean, anybody who's ever shot an, a bow and arrow, you know, you think you keep your your lead hand out with your f- fingers pointed towards you, essentially, and then you have your draw hand again, fingers pointed towards you, you know, back behind by your face but the way the the, i mean i have to assume this is authentic because but i've never seen it before basically they had the draw hand backwards and so and the bow is more slanted rather than being upright Mm -hmm. um yeah that was a new one for me it feels like you would be less accurate like i feel like you have more control this way than this way yeah, well, I mean, like I said, the you know, the, the bow is more tilted rather than being straight up. Like this, yeah, I could definitely see being very inaccurate. But when you've got it tilted, I could see, you know, being able to get some accuracy this way. Yeah, I guess if you tilt it, that's a little, like, because now your hands are, like, you're not opposite. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's, like, uh, you know, a lot of soldiers, you know, they will have their guns, you know, on, a, on an angle just because they can get more accuracy. Like you know, like this rather than like this, or just like this. Sure, yeah. Blah blah blah. <laughs> <clears throat> anyway, um, yeah, it, it's nice to see some more uh, like action scenes rather than just you know gun blasting, which is what we've seen most often in, in Predator movies. Right. Uh, a lot of like hand to hand and you know acrobatic type stuff, but not over the top. Nothing that looked uh, fantastical. Right. 
Um, yeah, well, they're definitely definitely like like I said acrobatic, like impressive shows of athleticism, but not to the point where it's like no human being can do that. Yeah, you know whether or not like I'm, I'm speaking like spe- specifically of like the 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 final fight. You know whether Comanche warriors were trained like that, or you know, or, or trained themselves like that. I have no idea. Seemed like it may have been a little out there because it had a lot of like, like kind of martial art type stuff involved in it. But I have no idea. Maybe yeah. maybe that's completely authentic. Who knows? Um, but anyway, yeah. But uh, I overall thought it was pretty good. Yeah, it was absolutely better than everything after Predator Two. <laughs> Um, I mean, Predators and Predator and the Predator were both just so bad. Actually, I take that back. Predator Predators was not terrible. It was just not as good as it could have and should have been. The Predator was real bad. Yeah, we both gave that four. It was fucking garbage. Did we do Predators? No, we didn't. Okay, I never saw that one. I wasn't sure if that predated our show or if we just never did it. I don't know. I know we never did it, but I don't know why. That should have kicked ass, man. Like, and I don't, I don't know what happened. Had a really good cast. Had Robert Rodriguez directing. All things added up, seemed like it should have been awesome. It just wasn't. I don't know, man. But um, no, this was this was a solid movie. A really good um, prequel. To what we saw coming, a lot of, uh, well, not a lot of, but one reference in particular to Predator 2 um, at the end. I don't, I don't know if you're, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll explain it later off mic. Um, but, and there's kind of like a little Easter egg if you watch the credits. Oh, really? Sort of. I mean, it's not too exciting. Um but yeah, watch the credits. There's like a little sequence. It's not. It's not like a live action sequence. There's basically um, while the credits are running, there are basically native drawings. Um, I know. saw them. I just, I wasn't paying attention though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You really have to kind of watch like the very end of of those drawings to to see drawings, drawings, cave drawings. Um, and uh yeah. Anyway. Um Yeah, I was like, how is this on Hulu and we had to go to the theater for The Predator? I, I think this is one of those movies that got messed up in the Fox merger. Because mm. I think it was already in development when when Disney bought Fox. Or it was maybe may have already been filming it. I, I I don't really know. It just I know I think it was one of those victims of the of the Disney just dumped it. Yeah. Whatever. Um, let's see. Works better for me. Former 20th Century Studios production president Emma Watts fast-tracked the development of the film prior to her resignation in January 2020. So, anyway. Um, but, yeah. Um, Amber Midthunder, she was great. She um, she really owned that role. Um. I mean, the rest of the cast, the supporting cast was 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 fine. I mean, their roles, 
as a whole didn't have a lot of substance, but you know, as far as as far as they were, they were it was it was good. Um yeah. I've yeah. I've always wondered, and I, I kept wondering it repeatedly throughout this movie, if there's like significance to the war paint. Like I know that it in itself has a significance, but I mean like the designs and stuff, if if they actually like mean something specific. Because everyone has their own individual type of war paint. Yeah. And like Tabe's kind of matches their fathers. They both have half their face painted. Mm-hmm. But she just has like, a, you know, under her eyes. And then she has like a diagonal line across her forehead. Yeah. And so like, I, I just wonder if there's a significance to the designs or not, or if it's just, that looks cool. <laughs> I, I mean, probably. I, I, I would think so, but yeah. I, I, I have no idea. I've never looked into it. Yeah, me either. I did like, uh, if you've seen the poster or the, you know, the advertisements for it, um, she has glowing green on her face. And mm-hmm. that, that was something, uh, the recurring thing throughout the movie. And I I won't say with absolute confidence, but I believe is also a common thing in you know, native culture. Maybe not now, but you know, back then. You know, when you hunt something, you know, you put its blood on your face is just kind of like a sign of victory or, or, or mm. you know, or, or, or pride or something. I, I don't, I'm not totally sure, but putting the, the predator's blood on its or face. Or a warning to others. Sure. Yeah. Say, Hey, you know, your, your brother, this is him on my face. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, overall real good movie. I liked it a lot. Um, it wasn't as action-y as the other ones. Not really. It was a lot more low-key. Yeah. Um, which I I liked. I mean, yeah, I wasn't necessarily hoping for it or hoping against it. It just it worked well. Yeah. So. Okay. Anything else to add? No, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of the Predator series. Um, it's just a personal preference, but... This this is a, a well done movie in in all aspects and it's entertaining even for someone who's not a fan of the series. Fair enough. Um, I'll give it a nine. Nine. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Fuck it. it was um, good, good movie. Yeah, I mean, like, it's, it's hard for me to gauge because I don't really want to let my personal preference overtake. Like, I'm, I'm, me saying I don't like it doesn't mean it's bad. I'm not saying I don't like it, but you know what I mean? Sure. But um, but ultimately, that's what this is, is just my personal opinion. Um, I'm going to give it an eight. Fair enough. Um, oh, there is one little... I don't know if I should say it. If people should just see it, a little callback to the first movie. Or not, not so much callback, but kind of a a wink and a nod to the first movie. I don't know if so, I noticed it. Uh, it's it's a line that character says. I, I'm sure he caught it. He's probably just not thinking of it now. Oh. <clears throat> anyway, okay. So, um, let's move on, shall let's, we? Let's let's talk about the brand new Blumhouse movie. On Peacock, uh, they slash them.
Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. I'm guessing that some of you, you're not happy. Maybe you don't fit in. People make fun of you. Well, I can't make you straight, but you give us this week and we might be able to help. Boys cabin over there, girls cabin over there. I use they them pronouns, as in they can't believe they're at this camp. I have zero interest in not being gay. There's no judgments in this room. Sometimes I wish I was invisible. I would understand it a lot more if there was Bible thumping and queer bashing. Do you even believe in any of this? Come in, please. Do you think your parents are disappointed in you? Sometimes. So what do you do? You try to make yourself special. You become they. Today, we're going to be exploring traditional gender roles. Look how long they've been doing this. It's time to play. This could get a lot worse. Where's my killer? We need to get out of here. Taste? Enjoy the sunshine and work on your tan. All right. So they slash them, uh, which of course is a pun because because they, they slash them. <laughs> That's what they do. Uh, but there's a cold open of uh, this woman and she's driving along. She's driving along and uh, s- s- something happens to her car. I, I didn't notice. Did you notice what happened to her car? All of a sudden it just like stopped and well, I mean, she ran over spike strips. She did? Okay, I missed that. Yeah. So she runs over spike strips, and like her car peels out, and uh, this this masked figure comes out and kills her. That's it. That's, the end. That's, that's the opening. And like, they did, they shot the scene for like from the passenger side window, where you see like the person is sitting to the left of the frame and most of the frame is taken up by the driver's side window. And you're like, well, someone's going to smash that window and kill her. This is, I've, I've seen movies. Yep. <laughs> but so the next day we go to Whistler camp, which why not camp Whistler? That sounds so much better. Whistler camp sounds like a camp you go to, to learn how to whistle <laughs> or where whistlers go for like a retreat. Yep. The old Whistler camp. Where we all just sat around and whistle <laughs> while we worked. But it's run by Owen Whistler, played by Kevin Bacon. You just got bacon. But he comes out and he tells these kids, these kids all get off the bus. And he tells these kids that uh, I, don't, I don't care if you're gay. I don't care if you're straight. I don't want to make you straight. I don't want to do anything that you don't want me to do. He's like, basically, uh, and they're all kind of like, huh? Because, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, this is a gay conversion camp. And so it's very odd for him to say, I'm not here to make you straight because it's like, no, that, that's kind of why you're here. But he says, you know, I, you're here because you want something. Like either you want to change or maybe you're just here for your parents. And if that's the case, that's fine. Just enjoy the sun, get a tan, whatever, to go home at the end of the summer. 
But so they. Well, so something that I was that I thought th- was weird through the entire movie was that they were there for a week. Was it only a week? Yeah. Like how much? Like supposing that gay conversion could really be a thing. Like how would you get achieve that in a week? Yeah, really. <laughs> but so he says, "All right, boys, go to this cabin. Girls, go to this cabin." Go with God. <laughs> but this one camper, Jordan, just kind of stands in the middle and is like, so this is a thing. Uh, they say, I'm trans, non-binary, and I use they, them pronouns. And so Whistler comes up and he says, all right, you know, I, I appreciate you telling me this. I appreciate your transition. I appreciate what you're going through. He says, how about for tonight, you go in the boys camp. If you're uncomfortable, then we'll work out something in the morning. And, you know, Jordan kind of appreciates that he listens uh, and works out, tries to work on a compromise. So they go to the boys bunk, which immediately I was like, if this is a gay conversion camp, I assume you're you don't want hanky panky going on. Yeah. So having a boys bunk and a girls bunk seems like a bad idea. Yeah. I mean realistically you'd have to give like individual rooms i mean in theory yeah because otherwise i mean i mean or you know double up one boy one girl but you know there are some people there that are bisexual and right you've got again jordan who is non-binary so yeah like other than giving everyone their own room i don't know what they really could have done right uh So, oh, they do like a group therapy. They get in a big circle and Owen says, you know, tell me why you're here. And everyone has their own reason. Uh, There's this one guy, Stu. He's a swimmer. This guy is like, he's a a prototypical movie jock. Jock, yeah. All American guy. Right. He's got his letterman jacket on. Like I said, swimmer, um, just good old American boy. I, and the whole time I was watching this, I was like, this guy is Hydrox Chris Klein. Like, <laughs> Wait, what? He's, he's like, he's a poor man's Chris Klein. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> That's who he reminded me of. All right. But other than, of course, the fact that he's gay. But he says, you know, I, I want to go to college and I want to get a scholarship and I want to pledge my dad's fraternity and... I know that they won't take me if, if I'm gay. And so that's why he's there. Uh, Jordan, who we talked about earlier, wants to get emancipated because their parents don't buy any of the transition stuff. <laughs> Fooey. Yeah. The new age hippery. hippery. <laughs> uh, there's Toby, who is only there because his parents made him a deal that if he goes to this camp... They'll get him tickets to go to New York to see Moulin Rouge. Right. <laughs> Which the writer of this actually wrote Moulin Rouge, so that was kind of funny. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, who else is there? Uh, Monique. Oh, Logan. I didn't know he did uh, Moulin Rouge. John Logan. Yeah. He was involved in it in some way, anyways. Okay. Um, Monique is only there because her parents made her. She's like, I, I love the ladies, so I'm not trying to be anything less than what I am. 
there's Veronica, who is bisexual and doesn't feel comfortable. She says uh, she just wants to be normal. And then uh, Kim is, is similar. She wants to be popular. She wants to be one of the cool kids, but she knows she doesn't think that anyone will accept her being gay. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that everybody? Is that our, well, not everybody, but that's See, our, this is kind of like, um, and, th- and then there's the rest. There's this like ensemble cast that just kind of stands in the background. It's, it's like a fucking saved by the bell or something. There's like right. this main cast, but then like several other people that just like get ignored. Yeah. But in addition to Owen, there's his wife. Um, what is her name? I can't remember her name. She's saved my life. I don't know. But his wife is the camp. Cora. Cora. Why does it say Cora Knox on Wikipedia? I, I don't know. And her name is Cora Whistler, obviously. She's the camp psychologist. Psychiatrist? I think he just says counselor, so. Okay. And then or there's therapist. Then, yeah. then there's Zane, who is the athletic director and a former counselor or former camper. And his girlfriend. Yes. Not wife. Yeah. Um, Sarah, who is the activities director. And also presumably a former camper. Yeah, he does, when he introduced Zane, he says that he's a former camper, but he doesn't introduce Sarah as such, but you later find, kind of get that impression, yeah. Right. Uh, and there's also Molly, who is the nurse, played by Liz Lemler from 30 Rock. Right. Anna Chlumsky. Yes. From Veda Sultanfus. What's that? My girl? Oh. Her breakout role. <laughs> also, uh, inventing Anna. Right. So, yeah, we kind of get introduced to everybody and kind of why they're there. Uh, one of the campers, I won't reveal, but one of the campers you find out uh, is actually not who they say they are. I guess I can give it this way. They're, they're also trans, but not openly. Or they didn't say it at the beginning anyways. And so Owen, like outs them and moves them to the other cabin. Yeah, it was pretty fucked up the way it was happening. It was really fucked up. Because this girl was showering and uh, what was her face? Sarah. Sarah, yeah, just barges into the shower cabin and like she just just, stands there. And she, this girl turns around and screams and she's just standing there eyeing her down. I'm like, what the hell's going on here? Yeah. And yeah, she Come, like Owen comes like basically rushing her into into the boys' cabin saying, We ask for honesty, damn it. Yeah, and he like <clears throat> calls out Jordan too, and he's like, you know, Jordan told me the truth and, and was up front with me. That was that was all we asked. Right. But since you lied, then we're gonna out you and we're gonna call you by your birth name and all this stuff. Mm. Misgender you intentionally. Um, so they're, but I, the entire time I was watching the movie, I, I was trying to figure out why I recognized Sarah. She was in that satanic, satanic, satanic panic. Yeah. Yep. So one night 
Owen takes the group out to the woods and he handcuffs them in pairs and says, all right, everybody walk in a different direction for 10 minutes and stop. And we'll see you in the morning. (laughs) And campers are like, what? (laughs) Hold on now. But that, I mean, I I guess it kind of gives them a chance to bond. Yeah, let's go with that. (laughs) I mean, yeah, it's it's fucked up, but like ultimately, I guess, I don't know what the intent was, but like it allowed um, uh, Toby. Yeah, Toby and Stu to to, to kind of bond. But like, because Stu, like we said, is like Mr. Alpha male. And so he's kind of like put off by all like the the more effeminate gays. Yeah, I mean there were there, there were a handful of people there who said you know I I don't want to be gay anymore. You know, presumably like the reason why a lot of people would voluntarily go to a conversion camp. Right. And he seemed to be the only one that actually was there for that reason. Or that, you know, he he didn't want to be gay anymore so he could get into this fraternity or, or whatever. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, he, he was a really, as, as much of a gay basher as a gay man can be, I guess. Right. Yeah. And then Toby is like stereotypical, like over the top, you know, he, he wears pearls and he's, he's a much more effeminate. Mm-hmm. And so having those two together and then like they wake up in the morning and Stu's got his head on Toby's shoulder and he's just kind of what no you are <laughs> he's like oh wait right yeah <laughs> Toby's like it's all right I'm already pregnant yeah. <laughs> um yeah oh and we find out like while they're out in the woods uh Cora and Sarah are rifling through their shit right trying to get dirt on them which was they, probably the real purpose of them being out there. Yeah. They also, they made them turn in their cell phones when they first got there. And we see that the maintenance man, Balthazar. <laughs> fucking creeper. <laughs> he's like got all their phones and he's running them through a machine to try and get like unlock the codes yeah. on all of them. While he's peeping on girls in the shower. Yeah, while he's watching the girls shower. The young girls. <laughs> but they they use this information in Cora's counseling sessions to really kind of, you know, dick at the kids' psyches and shit. Uh, I know what you're thinking. Where's the horror? And I was thinking that from most of the movie, too. Yep. I mean, we know that there is a killer out there. And I tell you, about 20 minutes in, I, I knew who the killer was. <laughs> Like, I knew it so clearly that I'm like, am I not supposed to know? <laughs> yeah. But so, so I mean, I'll, t- I'll tell you this much. There's the, the kill in the opening scene. And there's a kill, I think, about 20 minutes in. Does that sound about right? Or is it later than that? I'm not sure which one you're talking about. Wow. I can't really say it. The camper? No. Oh. Then I guess I'm not sh- Yeah, I'm not but sure what you're talking about. There's not another kill 
until an hour and 22 into the movie. Yeah. It's... As far as being a slasher... Yeah, I was just going to say, for a movie that bills itself as a slasher, it's a very low body count. Right. I mean, granted, there's not a lot of bodies to be slashed, but that's beside the point. I mean, you've got all those, all that patter characters in the background. Like that's true. The, the chorus. Yeah, you have built-in <laughs> cannon fodder. Right. <laughs> all those people, would, <clears throat> they'd, they'd be like, oh, Amber, and we'd be like, oh, I guess that girl's name is Amber. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this like it builds itself as a slasher. All the branding, all the marketing makes it look like a slasher, but there's really not a whole lot of slashing to it. Uh, there is a part where Owen takes one of the campers, straps them into a chair, straps them to a car battery, and does like aversion therapy. Where he's like showing them images, and every time there's an image of you know a sexy same sex person, he'll zap him. Mm-hmm. I guess I just said him, so it's a giveaway. But, um, but I was like, that should have been the movie. Like it should have been like this saw esque kind of thing, where like every time somebody got busted doing something you know lecherous or scandalous. That they got tortured by Owen, and I, Owen should have been the the big bad. I mean, I guess he kind of is, but yeah, I I wanted more of that kind of movie. That I think that would have worked better than trying to bill itself as a slasher without actually having any slashers in it. Yeah. <clears throat> um, like I thought the end worked, but again, like, but it wasn't creative. It wasn't, it wasn't creative. And also it, you know, it was like, it was almost like the kills that led up to that were only there to introduce the slasher so you can have it at the end. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm trying not to give away too much, but. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's, uh, it's probably best for me to not get too involved with the um conversion camp you know gay getting the gay conversion element of it in you know the the atrocities against you know lgbtq people um just because i of who i am i'm i'm a, a cis male who doesn't know that experience Sure. Or that persecution. So, I mean, I'm, I, my opinion on it is limited, and my education on it is limited as well. Um, and so it's it's not for me to really judge. I mean, not... <laughs> gay conversion camps are an atrocity. That, that should go without saying. But as far as um, trying to... Um, Empathize. Empathize. No, is that the right word? Sympathize. Sympathize. I can. When it, whenever it matters, I always get <laughs> sympathize and empathize confused. Anyway, so I will stick mainly to it to the themes of a horror film because that's what I do. Um, as a horror film, this was garbage. Uh, the elements there, there's like almost no tension building. 
mm-hmm. the characters. I mean, you know, you can't expect like very flush, fleshed out, like you know, thought provoking characters from a slasher film. You just don't really, especially like a summer camp slasher. That's just not really what you're there for. But when you also have a very weak and almost non-present slasher, then that just doesn't leave a lot left on the bone, you know? Right. <laughs> um, and so I just, ultimately, I found this to be kind of pointless. One thing I will say is that, uh, I mean, not only as a horror film viewer, but as... This isn't as douchey as I want it to sound, or this isn't meant to sound as douchey as it sounds, but as an ally of LGBTQ people, I thought the ending was in the in the 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 premise of the ending was kind of insulting, (laughs) Um, and and not well thought out. Um, I think as far as representation goes, it's sending the wrong message. Um, but, uh, and then that's, that's as far as I'll go into that, but as a horror film, it's, it's really lackluster. Uh, I mean, it, it, you know, technically speaking, yeah, it's fine. It's, it's shot well. Um, the acting is decent. I've, aside from, uh, Bacon, uh, Chlumsky, I guess Sarah and, um, Haley Griffith. Yeah, Haley Griffith and uh, what's her face? Um, Carrie Preston. Carrie Preston. Like, I've, I've never seen any of these people before. Yeah, me neither. Um, actually, I take that back. Anna, Anna Lore, who played Kim, I have seen her before, but like, as far as what I saw her in, just doesn't really register. Um, Doom Patrol? Yeah, I mean, it must have been Doom Patrol, but, like, her role that she had was so minimal. Like, the fact that I would remember her from that is, but who knows? <clears throat> anyway, it's, it's not a, as far as horror movie goes, this is not good at all. <clears throat> she played Daniel Bryan in Wrestling Isn't Wrestling. Really? <laughs> Um, yeah, like from a pure movie standpoint, it's it's not very good. And so much of the movie, like Owen does some fucked up stuff, but a lot of it is just like him being an asshole and not being like sinister. horror movie weapon or yeah. horror movie villain. Like, yeah, sinister. Like, it's just shit you would expect from somebody who runs a camp like this. Right. And like, yeah, it's it's fucked up, but it's it's not sinister. It's not evil. It's not horror movie worthy yeah i mean it and that's like a third or more of the movie it started more than that it started out pretty solid aside from that opening scene which was so fucking generic derivative yeah yeah. it's like goddamn um but it opened up pretty solid you know showing up at this gay conversion camp and the 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 owner the, the the leader saying you know coming out and saying i don't want to change who you are it's like i just want to you know give you give you options basically i mean in a concise way that's what essentially what he's saying right but he's like i respect who you are i expect who i respect who you want to be 
you know, that kind of stuff. And, you know, immediately as, as an audience member, you're kind of like, well, what's, Something's off here, what's going yeah. on here? Um, and that's a great start. But and, it, and Jordan says that too. Yeah. When, when they're out in the woods and she's chained to Alexandra. Sorry, they are chained to Alexandra. And, um, and yeah, they say something about how weird it is. And Alexandra is just like, you know, well, it's a conversion camp. What do you expect? And, and Jordan is like more screaming and Bible thumping. Like, right. Yeah. And so like, you know, like, like I said, you're just kind of like, well, what's going on here? And to your point where you said that like Owen should have really been the, the, the figurehead of, and I guess for the most part he was, it just didn't, didn't really flush out. Didn't lean way. into it hard enough. Yeah. Um, and you know, the, 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 I mean, you don't want to make like a snuff film basically. <laughs> right. Or, I mean, you don't want to make torture porn. Yeah. Which is a very fine line, but you know, when you're making a movie about how fucked up conversion camps are that, I mean, obviously a lot of this was, I hope extreme. <laughs> I mean, as awful as they are, I hope they don't do a lot of the stuff that was shown in this movie. But, I mean, I don't know. Um, yeah, but they they should have dumped the whole slasher thing because that was not working. Yeah. Or it could have worked. It just, they didn't. I mean, they didn't, they didn't make it work. Yeah, it, if, like, they, they should have injected the slasher into it more. Yeah. Leading up, because like I said, it was basically like the couple of deaths that were in the first two acts just seemed like, don't forget there's a slasher too. Mm-hmm. And you know, when I finished watching it and I was so fucking disappointed, I went and told my wife, I'm like, so I just watched a movie. It was a slasher movie that takes place at a gay conversion camp. Ultimately in the end, the p- fact that it was a gay conversion camp had almost nothing to nothing. do with the plot. It could have been at any camp. Yep. It's like, what was even the point? Yeah. <laughs> Um. So yeah, I mean, if you weren't gonna make that the primary focus, was just how awful gay conversion is, uh, and you know how awful the people that run them are, and again, that was part of it. But if you're not gonna make that the film, then don't bother. <laughs> Basically, yeah, yeah. And I mean, I know I said I wasn't going to get into that stuff, but I just found it insulting, not only as a, a film watcher, <laughs> uh, film reviewer, um, but as somebody who you know, considers himself, like, like I said, an, an ally of LGBTQ people. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I mean, like, I know John Logan, who wrote it and directed, is openly gay. Mm-hmm. So at, at least there's that. Like, if this was done by a straight man, that would have been a bigger issue. And for this to be, for the fact that uh, John Logan wrote this is crazy. Did Have you looked at his resume? No. Uh, Gladiator? <laughs> uh, Star Trek? Last Samurai? The Aviator? Sweeney Todd? Rango. I didn't know he did Sweeney Todd. Skyfall, Spectre, 
healing covenant. And... <laughs> so this guy's got a hell of a resume. As a re- was this like a passion project or something? I mean, I guess. But yeah, um, I don't see Moulin Rouge on here. I I saw that. I saw that he was. He may have, yeah maybe involved involved somehow, but I don't think it's. Oh, he created Penny Dreadful. Uh, he won a Tony for best book of a musical for Moulin Rouge. Yeah, he he wrote and EP'd Penny Dreadful and City of Angels. City of Angels was not a good one. I wanted so bad to like that. It's just like, man, I feel like like I'm agonizing over watching this. Anyway, um, anyway, yeah, like it's you know, I on Peacock they show you the Rotten Tomato scores, and this one was thirty three, and this I, this is not one we'll be doing on Cult Display. <laughs> it's yeah, like can you imagine having to watch this again? Taking out even you know whatever your beliefs are about LGBT or or even you know conversion camps, like just from a cinematic standpoint it's not a good movie right yeah it's it's i mean you could excuse that it's a a a a rookie director but he's worked on enough films to kind of know better i guess well yeah like you said he's a great writer so and and i don't don't know why the the middle of the story lags so much yeah exactly yeah the fucking um the, the story was disappointing yeah Anyway, anyway, um, I should have fucking known when that Blumhouse logo popped up. I did you know this was Blumhouse? I don't think so. Yeah, I saw that pop up and I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, but it was like a new video. I hadn't seen that one before, so like Michael Myers popped up and I was like, what the fuck? Oh yeah, I think it's like their their Marvel thing. Yeah, look at all the stuff that we made. Right. Um, I'm Except it's way less impressive. <laughs> I'm going to give it a three. Uh, yep. I'm going to give it a one. Oof. I'm just trying to find any redeeming qualities. I'm just not finding any. Not even bacon? No. <laughs> <laughs> like, what did he... D- the fact that he's in the movie? Yeah. No. Bacon makes everything better. <laughs> I mean, the only thing that I would give points to is the look of the slasher, but like... Yeah, that w- it was an interesting mask. But it but w- it didn't make any sense. No. Especially when you find out who it is. Yeah. Like, I, I don't get it. <laughs> it's like, why are you wearing a mask? For, for the theatrics? <laughs> Sorry about the theatrics. <laughs> anyway. All right. All right. Well, that does it, guys. That does it. Guys. <laughs> All right. Um, hope you hope you had fun. I just I just hope everyone has fun. 
I just want everybody to have a good time. That's that's the most important thing. Um, we'll be back in a couple of weeks with a brand spanking new episode. Uh, we're going to be watching at least one movie. Glorious. <laughs> and I will pick something before we record, rest assured. Because <laughs> I always do. I always come through. It's true. I am all reliable. That's what they call me. No one calls you that. That's what they called me in the Navy. We have yet to do the Nazi party episode. Oh, right. Yeah. That is something that we talked about. (laughs) All right. um, So we'll catch you then, guys. Until then, Taylor, where can people find us? They can find us wherever they listen to their podcast. Make sure you give us five stars. Leave a little uh, review. Let people know what you like about us, even if it's just our pretty faces. We are pretty. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube as Grave Plot Podcast or on Twitter as Grave underscore Plot. Uh, also check out GraveplotPodcast.com, GraveplotFilmFest.com for all your Graveplot Film Fest needs, wants, and desires. And of course, Patreon.com slash, <laughs> slash GraveplotPodcast for extra bonus content. Yeah. Yeah. Cool, guys. Well, thanks for hanging out. Hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, we'll catch you again in a couple weeks. Until then, I'm Skeletoni. I'm Taylor of Terror. This has been the Grave Plot Podcast, where we're all a little dead inside. <laughs>